Well, without further ado, let's call our good long lost friend G Time Johnny. <laughs> I love this guy. Drinking a Coors Banquet. Coors Banquet. Catfish Hotline, Johnny speaking. How may I help you? Is this Papa John? Hello. <laughs> what you do? What's up, Johnny? Uh -oh. Long time no catfish. Hey. <laughs> Have to always. The, your, your, uh, it, was, it was tagged with spam risk. Your number was. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's probably because so that's why. I, that, that's my number one answer always. Catfish <laughs> Hotline, Johnny's. <laughs> yeah, they hang up and it's called buying. It's probably because it's a uh, t Tennessee number. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. No, I <laughs> have Tennessee number. <laughs> um, is Hennessy made there? Tennessee, Hennessy, bro. <laughs> it's made there, huh? Okay, cool. No, I don't think so. <laughs> right I don't think so. Right We're live, right? I'm I'm Jack Daniels. <laughs> uh, we are not live. I'm pre recording this one because. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. I got another friend that's live on their show, and I didn't want to step on their toes. But I had a couple questions for you. I mean, first of all, how you doing, Johnny? It's been forever. Well, it's like when you know when you when you're going and you're always dream chasing. It's something that dream chasers have done since they were babies. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of like a habit, and you get you know it's like oh I got it, oh I got it, and then you finally get to that part where that. All right, I cannot find anything else that, I'm, that I need to know, and it's like you run around and chase your tail. It's like the, you know, you always hear the story about oh, in the deepest depths, and then all at once, boom, the light bulb. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> that I've You're been here light. before, but in are you? The yeah, light I mean, well, well, you know, I don't know. Did you see the graphics? Yeah, I did. I can go. All right, well, you know, yeah, yeah, species growth rights. Third planet from sun. But you can't say no. <laughs> Let me it's go back Galileo and, look at and it hasn't been. Yeah. Would you like me to put these in the yeah. show notes uh, on the website? Oh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. I'm, gonna, I'm downloading yeah. them now. I mean, I don't have. I, I haven't set up the website yet and everything. It's got the name G Zone Us, you know, where life lives. But it's, you know, it's still that major progression of the, you know, and, and presenting to the people who are all living fantasy. It's fact. Oh, I don't want to offend you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I hate to disrespect sheep. I refuse <laughs> to. I'm not going to. And fish. Oh, my gosh. Fish are, fish are smart, too. I was just another atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that Mitch Hedberg joke? If fish could scream. The ocean would be loud as shit. <laughs> It'd be pissed. No, they, they, it would be a Barbie world because everybody's acting plastic. Oh yeah, I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Yeah, it's all the uh, plastic. All right, so I, I did have a. I had, when I was thinking about just a couple of minutes ago, I thought of a couple of questions that I don't think I've ever asked you. Whatever, this man. You can't this first me. one, man, I don't think I've ever asked you. I don't know why I've ever asked you this. Walk me through, <laughs> if you could, a life in the day of G Time Johnny. What is it you do? Where's like what do you like what's your average day look like? You wake up, dawn to dusk, what are you doing? <laughs> I, well, I'm in it. I'm on like one of the life fingers that's only life left in the Central Valley of Cali are the rivers. And still they're treated like canals, but um 
you know, I, if, uh, if I don't need supplies, which I don't usually, I mean, the, all the critters can live off the land too, but you know, it's like, then it's, you know, work on, on how do we bring the attitude that goddess is born. And, you know, the thing is that yeah, is, you know, that I work on this and I discover a little more every day, every day. And, and so like, just like, you know, a woman, when they have their, when they have their cycle, they get reset back to the earth. All right, and then they're hijacked off into this patriarchy. Well, I would never be able to to figure all this stuff out if I was, you know, immersed in society. And so right now I am 100% naked and proud. <laughs> you know, I, I was able to escape society. And so it, and to be able to capture it all back up and, and put it in a presentation that I can present that's up to the level that I, I expect, then that that's what I work on all day long, whether I'm awake or not, and I'm beating myself up. You know, it's like you know, you got the whole world on your back, right? And okay, <laughs> and I'm putting it on yours right now. Yay! <laughs> Species growth rights, third planet from sun. <laughs> you can't say no, and so it's like the whole system is violating the rights of the children. I've got the tools to to. You know, um, so that the kids, you know, only use their fingers. Everything has to be cycled through their fingers. You know, what's real and what's not, you know, what's what, you know, because what happened, I'll give you a real quick. Okay, I'll get, let me finish this off real fast. Is that what happened to us in, in just really a fundamental way is that there was a time when there was just like I and deer. All right, those were symbols. You saw an I and you saw a deer. Yay. All right, you know, that was an I and a deer. Okay, you can't take it. All right, but then you take the I and make a sound out of it, and you make the deer, and you make a sound of it. Idea. Idea. Oh, no, so I got a good symbols... idea. Ah, yeah. I see what you're doing, man. <laughs> and so, right, and so when symbols became sound, you know, I mean, then that's when the fantasy became fact. And that's what we're living today. If we want to go all the way back to the beginning <laughs> and how that had happened psychologically is that we, with our language installed, we get put in a lot of fantasy in fact through the symbols. <laughs> sorry, sorry to stun you. I, I don't want to do no. the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. It's, it's, you know, we're just doing a little short, <laughs> short little conversation. Well, I'm just, but yeah, well, no, I don't know. 2,000 miles. I'm safe for tonight. <laughs> here's here's my philosophy summed up i was talking to god the other day and i said gotta have more fun and, you, and it can't all danger be danger go crazy have hard yeah so you know what i'm gonna have fun having fun man that's what god wants <laughs> well that, that when you hit the that g word like that so you guys are still in the patriarchy i mean that is all for it is written the whole patriarchy way of life is for it is written and, and not until a baby pops out of a mommy with an operation manual are we going to, is patriarchy going to be right? Did you say danger, danger? Yeah. Danger, <laughs> danger, that's, danger, The whole alert, thing, alert. That, that was, what men did, what, what, how good, we should be matriarchy. Look at, when you walk out the door, oh, I'll do me, okay. I, you know, like, if I'm going out and, and I'm going, you know, it's like I walk out the door and I'm all like, ooh, I hope I get some, I hope I get some. Well, then a girl walks out the door <laughs> and she goes, well, what, I, what kind of boy do I want tonight? 
And so we are living a lie. <laughs> you know, we should be matriarchy. And, and that the language keeps the girls down and everything else. And, and going all the way back to what I said about the symbols becoming, you know, <laughs> becoming fantasy as fact. Uh-huh. And <laughs> that, that's all about building this male hierarchy over the women, the damn witches. <laughs> and keeping them down. And that's all been all of recorded history has been. You know, what does the like boy Terrence do? Okay, oh, I got lucky. I got lucky. I got lucky. I got lucky. Who? I shot my load. Well, then, what's the baby? What's the mother do? She raises the baby. You know, my job's over. What am or I going to do? Or she aborts wow, it, lucky. man. Or she just kills the baby. <laughs> well, hey, that that's a whole other subject that I keep. I made another graphic. I'll, I'll send it to you um, about. It's called Fishbowl Babies. Past the, past the 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 ironic comedy. We can grow the aborted babies outside the mother's womb. And, <laughs> no problem. We do it with other species. Why can't we do it with us? And then end all the crap. I think <laughs> that's, that's a big the, deal. I think that's I, the goal. It, I think the end goal later. At least by the uh, technocrats, is like nobody has natural births. They just grow everything in a test tube. You get a little jizz and a little egg, and you put it in there. You get know, the you know the bing bang bing bang well, boom. You got a test tube baby growing in like one okay, of those Skywalker jelly labs. Well, see now you're talking about stuff that I have. You know, what is normal? Uh, normal planet, normal from, is a uh, third planet from sun species growth rights. We don't have our anchor, brother. Let me break that, that down. Hang on a second. It. Hang on a second. Let me ask you about that. Third planet from the sun. Does that mean you believe the heliocentric model? Do you think that the there are, you know, like there's a... <laughs> do you believe that there are planets that rotate around the sun? Uh, or... <laughs> you got a nice... That, I, I The KKK or is it the Catholic Church you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> the CCC. <laughs> oh, CCC. The, I actually have a cool dog named KK. I have, I, have a, I have a German Shepherd hanging around. And he's, he's always completely white, and his name's KKK. Are Flat Earthers KKK members? I, it's news to me. <laughs> Well, see, that, and see, a lot of it is, you know, to figure all this stuff out, it's going to be so long, and I'm so honored that you guys call me and take my shit. <laughs> but, you know, that the whole language that we use is trapped in a time bubble. And so that, you know, it's like, you know, if you don't talk from 2022, then fuck you. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> but that's kind of it. I mean, you know, that, that we've, we've been into this artificial timed environment eight with language. And it all came from like what I said before is when the symbols became sound, you know, fantasy could be presented as fact and processed as fact. And that's when we really lost our, you know, our lost our way. But we would have never discovered all of it. What is technology? Everything we have, the critters don't. All right. Well, technology has finally revealed that we are third planet from the sun. Species growth rights violated. And so now it's time to just reset. And it's not anybody's fault. We just have to do our job. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hopefully everybody's always getting better, you know? Oh, I mean, but when you take on the most, you know, the biggest, largest dream ever, ever, ever. <laughs> I mean, I was asking myself. Over facts. But you never answered my question. <laughs> Do you believe What's in that? the heliocentric model? Do you think that the Earth rotates around the sun? 
I cannot look backwards in time. I know that we are, thir- we are in a rotational sphere and the women are tuned by the sun. I mean, by the moon. And so that, you know, we don't get our, we don't get reset. And so how do we, you know, do the old solstice equinox, solstice equinox, you know, couple that to the moon in a way that scientifically, you know, empowers the women with their menstrual, menstrual cycles. Cause it's no different than having a baby and getting reset every month. And we, and the boys, you know, they just keep that down so they can keep the hierarchy power. <laughs> whereas we should be like a community you know growing a stronger generation every generation more precise from earth species growth rights and so that we're proud of what we do right now you know why that all the mass shootings are happening is that's all about basically suicide by cop <laughs> i you mean think, all you think OD. those things are real you, th- you don't think those are fake what the mass shootings no, I, they are. They are totally. Uh, I mean, they're totally a result of people, you know, of kids not wanting to grow up in this in a phony environment that they're not made for. And so, it's a lot of it is suicide by cop. You know, it's like, well, I just go out with a flare. Because if you grow up, <laughs> you in, so you're saying if you grow up in a social construct, uh, you want to kind of blow up the the whole construct itself, and that's a well, sick way of trying to. The, well, there's an energy beating your heart, the universal subconscious, us. Well, that's at the top of our spine. Well, it's out of balance with the top of our head. And so we're in the middle. And when you do that, you know, when we felt those shifts as a child, you know, that was like, that's, you know, that's just total psychological terrorism because we're not growing the child for what he's made or she's made to process. And that's, you know, to take two words like that, he and she. Well, why does she have he in it? You know, and then another one is, is like, you know, fiction, subservient to nonfiction. The whole language is designed to keep the population down. I mean, in psychologically, I mean, this is way more barbaric than any, than, than any time you can think of in history. What's the, uh, what's the, what's your three to five step solution? Well, I mean, it's like all the different demographics that, you know, I'm going to harmonize <laughs> the presentation in a way that all the demographics, you know, that it fires them up and, and, you know, it only has to be done once. And so that, you know, here we got the, the ideal, you know, is, a, is to get to the mothers before they have the baby. And then before the cycles and get to them so that they can, you know, hey, you know, that we're putting the sound behind, you know, the objects with, with the literacy objects that I've developed and, and well, I actually discovered, you know, it's like that get them to them. Yay. You know, they, they will keep their logic after they have the baby or after they have their cycle. And then, but the boys, we don't get reset. And that's why we're going off the cliff faster and faster and faster. And to present to the boys in a way that, that we, that, that, you know, that, that everybody embraces, because you can't force a child to walk. But you don't, that, that, you know, once a child, you know, walking and, and getting his balance, well, you're not stopping him from running. And so that's that, and that is really where what your question is aimed at. Is that well, you know, how do I get this place? Everybody's already walking, you know. How do I, that we all run to it instead of like, you know, that you know, like I'm, you know, all recorded history is about what I'm doing. I mean, go back to all the way. Why does Socrates drink poison? Huh? <laughs> For the Wait, child's by, logic. By, by poison, do you mean soma, or was that like a different thing? 
<laughs> no, he took fentanyl. <laughs> fentanyl, damn. <laughs> he was tricked. <laughs> but why like, do we have that? Well, here, you, let's go into that. Let's talk about drugs. Is that the reason that, you know, that we don't, you know, we, that there's a lot of drug use and stuff like that is because of the fact that, that you know, we're not living the state of flow like what we're doing right now we're having fun yeah you know i'm in it <laughs> and, and i'm doing my best to to tune to your state of flow and add so that you know that should be a natural state that should be the primary state and then when we jump in and out of the flow you know meditation talks a lot about it and the buddha and eastern philosophy and that kind of thing and but to be able to have the you know that your state of flow primary you see it in every kid it's just not grown primary and so that so that we you know that we learn how to jump in and out you know when we have to go do a technological mathematical problem which <laughs> you know it's kind of funny that comes to my mind is that the first computers were called they were mainly women that's when that the, um, they actually called women computers back when uh, when the banks first came out and we and the taxes were were put out and and uh, um, you know, they all had to be done by hand, you know, what the interest rate is and, and stuff like that. Well, the first time that the computers were first women. <laughs> and so, and so it's time, you know, the, 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 this, this. Wait, can you elaborate on that? Step. What do you mean? But what do you mean the first computers were classified as women? Because women have more processing power. They can do more things. I mean, you know, a woman can take care of the baby, uh, put away the groceries, and still, you know, talk to the bo to the boy. And the boy, that's the only thing you can do. <laughs> and so, you know, they have, more, they, have more, they have more processing ability because they have more parts. And so, you know, because they have the baby and all the other things that go with them. And, and the reset of the monthly. And so they get, you know, the women get reset. And it's something that we, you know, the boys you know, are totally terrorized. <laughs> and so in, in the true scope of time. Once you get, you know, it took me a long time to get out of the society that, that, you know, and I very easily, you know, like you guys ever heard of the 27 club? It's like Kurt Cobain and, and you know, um, and, uh, uh, <laughs> Jim Janis Joplin and, you know, all the, you know, what happens is that all your dreams are captured. Now what? Well, you just go get drunk, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, yeah. I, you know? I like working i do like getting drunk no i uh <laughs> but that state of flow is not grown for life it's like oh, okay go ahead oh you won the super bowl and then the team crashes well yeah it's like a, a self-diversion i gotta <laughs> i actually i think you're spot on there i think it's a, a big escapism more so than most other drugs alcohol is the biggest escapism but let me look uh, let me back you up here yeah we can go back to the mass shooting too <laughs> remembering ada loveless the woman who invented computer programming in a male-dominated era so apparently the woman the, <laughs> a, it was a it was a woman who invented computer programming <laughs> you go back you just you see these little there's little feathers that you you go all through recorded history and the woman was first hmm how about that within the patriarchy and the hierarchy had to take over because the men are more intelligent well I and, mean, and you're right because like who was the first person to kill all their political dissidents in the uh american era and have it completely covered up where nobody admits it in the news that was hillary clinton that's a woman dominated well, I, I, era like well, she, Hillary Clinton was the pioneer of of political assassinations. 
Well, I, I know I was worried about <laughs> Biden. At, I was worried about Biden and his COVID. I thought Nancy was taking him out. But that still could happen. Uh, I think he's probably already dead. <laughs> well, I mean, psychologically, I mean, you know, you know, processing wise, he's gone. He's not here. I mean, anybody that's uh, that actually, you know, can anticipate people's behavior should. I mean, you see him. It's like, you know, and that is really that. That you know, every step is a, you know, that state of flow is accented with your, you know, your knowledge and your anticipation. And you don't think about it. You're the, you know, like Kurt Cobain is perfect. He's like he said. I am, you know, I am worst at what I do best, and for this I feel blessed. <laughs> you know, blessed is the word that you know, like this is like a given feeling that you know every time he does it, he's like, yeah, this feels good. And so that you know, you, if you're, you know, that's the part of the flow that I study. Just a little kid as a water skier, and I'm, you know, it's like, you know, why, why do I have to change my ways every time I get in society? And so, and so, yeah, the state of flow grown primary in a child. Oh my gosh, you know that I, I you know, I, that's the that's really the. If I can get the motivation of the population to do that, then everything else will take care of itself. How, it, let me ask you this: because we're not, we're, yeah. How do I? Can I? I because I voted for Kanye West last time. How do I write you in? Can I write you in for president in twenty twenty four? G time Johnny for president? No, I'm the one who will either be burned at the stake or they'll be they'll be hugging me. Well, that's okay. I love steak, man. <laughs> Medium rare. Moo, moo. <laughs> well, every time I do eat, every time I do eat a you know moving life life that moves you know makes fuel from biology, um, then I I go moo or I go gobble gobble gobble. It's so in honor. It's in honor. And and uh, that's what I do. Because, I mean, really, I mean, it is kind of the, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, plants were made, were, are here as gifts <laughs> in many ways. Because, I mean, they they're, they make fuel from earth and sun. You know, that's... And from CO2. They <laughs> turn it in, I mean, they turn CO2 into oxygen. Right, that, right. Oh, yeah, then all of that... <laughs> There's so much, and when you get outside of the of the of the way that the you know Washington <laughs> DC and, and um, you know that, that you can see the propaganda what goes on. I mean, you know, watch where you know when you start hearing the same word over and over. I was was one of the issues recently. Um, oh, oh, experts, experts, experts. That was overdone. Science says, science says, science says, how can you do, say science says, and you're living from a flat earth mind trapped in time, 2022 delusional psychopath. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> you know. It's like, well, then how do you take that mind and bring it home to like, oh, I'm from this earth and I'm part of it. And wow, I can make decisions with no lies inside. And not every day, every moment, every instant, my life is just blossoming. Nothing, I don't care what nobody says because I'm doing the best I can. Every second, every moment, every breath. I'm doing it right now. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Johnny. Uh, you guys make me better. <laughs> any, any, uh, any on this uh, short little little mini cast we're doing here uh, in closing. Oh yeah, I know we're getting close. What are some What are uh -huh. some thoughts you'd like to leave the listeners with, and leave me with mainly? 
What is like what's species what's, species growth rights? What's normal? Species growth rights, third planet from the sun. Start, you know, processing it yourself. Just that's it. You know, discoveries don't need a discoverer. And that, uh, you know, at G Zone Us, this is a G Zone dot us. You know, that's the that'll be the website where we do this from. I'll have a mailing list there set up, but G Zone Us at where life lives. <laughs> you know, that's where life lives. And I'm going to do my best on that to, you know, present it. You know, present what's normal. And and that'll be, I don't know, it's not up yet because I'm still chasing my tail about a couple of little things, but I could do that. But I didn't want to have the distraction when I'm still working on the on the on the body of the of the of the presentation. When I you know, I got plenty of points. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, I love it. You know, that yeah, violating inalienable rights. Oh, that guy you know, how can uh, Joe Biden's just totally violating every child's rights. Oh, in the United States. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, uh. But it doesn't it, stop there. It's horrible. Oh. <laughs> it don't stop there, man. <laughs> so that's, ah, that's a good close. I <laughs> love you guys. I <laughs> uh, love you, Johnny. But yeah, it, no, it is, it's, uh, it is horrible. I got to say. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll talk to you. Uh, I'll ha- uh, let's talk again next week. All right, yeah, no problem. Man. We can make it a weekly thing and just build this thing and blow it up. Oh, I love you. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> love Johnny. Take it easy. <laughs> Boom! I got <laughs> What you doing over there? <laughs> That's G Tom Johnny, everybody. Now uh, check out this old school episode. A. Noah Beaver B. Caleb Stevenson. S. Abs and a six pack. Hello and welcome. Abs it's, and a six pack. It's abs and a six pack. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. that being said, what you drinking on today, there, Caleb? Oh, today I'm taking it a little easy for the time being. I am uh, sipping on a delicious glass diet of gasoline, wild cherry Pepsi. Oh, close. I am close. sipping on a half. Lemonade, half tea, twisted tea. Oh, because sometimes you got to take a break from the high grab. Just sip on a little bit of twisted tea. A little bit of bitch beer. Oh, yeah. That's, like a, the, that's a breakfast beer. I don't think yeah, it's exactly. a bitch it's, beer. Yeah. I don't like the uh, regular twisted tea at all. But the half and half, it's like an Arnold Palmer with alcohol. It's nice. I've never tried those. I've had the original. I, I I like it in the morning, or you know, if I'm not really trying to drink something that tastes like beer. Yeah. Agreed. I have to try well, out the Arnold Palmer. Well, it's yeah, it's just a twisted tea half and half. It's like it's like our yeah. It's not actually a brand Arnold Palmer. I yeah, I feel like, like if you just the, put a little bit of liquor into an Arnold Palmer, it'd probably be the same thing. Maybe a little healthier. I might try that. Actually, that actually sounds pretty good. Put either a little vodka, maybe a little rum, Arnold Palmer and rum. Yeah, man. 
Maybe I should put some rum in my already alcoholic Arnold Palmer. Oh, I don't know about that. That might be too much. That might could, be over the limit. Could uh, collapse the multiverse for all we know. Exactly. Everything would just implode on itself. <laughs> <clears throat> so, today's episode, Faust and Furious 8. Or how many, how many do, Fast and do, Furious do. movies have they made? I tried to get one past the number of Fast and Furious. Oh, man. They, I don't know, 100, 200? Yeah. So this is Faust and Furious 201. That sounds, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so we're talking about the Faustian bargain, or the Faustian deal, or the Faustian pact. Lots of people talk about this. Uh, and the more I listen to them talk about it, and the more I research it, the less I understand about it. So we figured it'd be a good thing to talk about so that you can have the same problem that I did when looking into it. Oh, yeah. So I found okay, a... So, uh, oh, so go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go Keep ahead. Going. <laughs> <laughs> we're just too polite. We're just oh, too polite. You go, you go ahead. What were you going to say? Okay. What I was going to say is, why is it called the Faustian deal? We will get Faust into that. Um, there was a German scientist or alchemist named Faust who uh, allegedly made a deal with Methopolis or some kind of demon or demiurge uh, to oh. have like increase his skills and power in alchemy and stuff. Sold his soul in exchange. So the the Faustian deal or contract or Faustian bargain comes from his name in mythology. He was okay. like German kind of like, uh, I don't know what you compare him to. Like a Tesla. Like a scientist? Te yeah, a but like scientist, like, you know, 600 years ago scientist, so can't really call him a scientist. <laughs> like, oh, Newton, yeah. like, like Isaac Newton. Was that, what did they say about Isaac Newton on Always Sunny? He was smart, but he died drinking mercury like a bitch. <laughs> Proving that science <laughs> is wrong sometimes. So yeah, he was like, yeah, same he idea. He was a science man, a man of science. Yeah, I'll be honest. Oh, I have 600 years ago. Yeah, I guess I should pre preface I should preface all of this by saying, ooh, ooh, oh, about kick my mic over. I should uh, oh. I should preface all of this by saying, I have almost no idea how much of this is true. I'm very agnostic onto the whole Faustian bargain, um, as far as on a metaphysical, spiritual, <clears throat> sell your soul to some entity level. I don't you're know not if it's real that it could actually happen. Like you, you're very speculative of whether or not there's any reality to this. Yes, yeah, I have no opinion on this. What one side or the other? Um, just, just laying what you know about it out there. Just laying yeah. it out there. We're gonna talk about it. See if we can come to any kind of conclusion about it. Yeah, it mostly comes up in music history. In like the, I mean, classics. Like everybody always compared. Like Devil Went Down to Georgia, except. Uh, mm -hmm. He beats the devil and keeps the fiddle and doesn't lose his soul. Uh, Tenacious D, you know, they fight the devil in a rock off. Yeah. Uh, it's like, a, it's, and this, like, they didn't come up with that for this, like, recent shit. Like, Charlie Daniels and Tenacious D did not come up with, like, the devil, um, the Faustian deal. The deal with deal. the devil. Yeah. Yeah, this has been uh, talked about for almost uh, the better part of a thousand years, at least 600, so. 
Anyway. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's stories going way back about people selling their soul to the devil for different reasons or making yeah. deals with the devil. And not even necessarily the devil, as we'll get into. But, yeah, so suffice it to say, I'm not going to be trying to convince you or anyone else of anything on this episode as much as just uh, lay right, out. Well, I mean, so, I'll, I'll go ahead and just tell you, I, I think all of this is complete nonsense, like as far as like a re- a real thing you could do i think you could give yourself over to bad forces or whatever you want to call them demons mm-hmm. and you i don't think you really would gain anything from that other than maybe like a personal sense of i did like i sold my soul air quotes so you don't think you could there. gain riches and fame for uh no no not for the actual act of trying to like go to you know talk to the devil and get something out of it you might be able to convince yourself that you're special because you did something like that but i don't think that anything in reality would yeah i'm with you i'm overall i'm with you um but i'm i've i'm not decided one way or the other because well anyway uh you know i just did realize though i really i try to work in Sam Hyde recently when I can, and I cannot believe I forgot to clip that whole exchange where he's like st- sitting in a lazy boy in the middle of a pentagram, like in a recliner. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like, hello, I uh, did the spells. I said the chance. I'm trying to sell my soul. Hello. Like nothing happens. He's like, I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm just going to leave. And this like little <laughs> demon comes out and pretends to be Satan. He's like, I am Satan. Whoa. It's like, you're not Satan. It's like, I am too. Want me, want me to call your boss, man? I'm gonna file a complaint. He's like, dude, don't the the demon's like, don't do that, man. I, I have a hard time in my job already. And like the actual <laughs> Satan comes out. He's like, I can give you a 2004 Ultima for your soul. He's like, how's the Carfax look on that? And Satan's like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that would be a good example of a Faustian deal. All right, um, a 2004 but, Ultima for your soul. Yeah. <laughs> But as we will learn in this first clip, which is by a, I'm sad I can't remember his name to give him a shout out, but he's an Australian comedian, very left wing. So Faustian deal can also be a metaphor for just uh, compromising your beliefs. Like, for example, a Democrat, a hardcore like Bernie supporter. that's like, well, I don't I hate Biden or like the people that think Biden's literally a rapist, but they still would rather vote for him, which you've seen a lot of these people talking like. Well, I think Biden probably is a rapist, and he probably did that, but he's still better than Trump. We have to vote for him. That's a Faustian deal in a non-metaphysical sense. That is— Oh, so that's like—okay, the so kind of like the lesser of two evils. It's like I know it's bad, but I like it better than the alternative. Yeah, you're selling a piece of your soul to uh, get—you're compromising your beliefs. Yeah. So, yeah, this this is very left-wing comedian, but I did like his little ditty. It starts off with like a kid's show— He's got these little puppets and stuff, and it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has this little character called Average Voter, and uh, yeah, this is his song. About starts about halfway through about Faustian packs. When there's something that you want and you really want to get it, but something's standing in your way, you could just give up, back down, and forget it, or save it for another day. But if you're sick of waiting as your dreams fly past, have a chat to Satan and he'll fix it fast with the Faustian pact. Can you whistle? A Faustian pact. Oh! <laughs> Looks like I whistling accidentally summoned the Prince of Darkness. Hello. I'm Satan. I like dancing too. 
Come join in. Well, here we go. Just take a core belief, a fundamental value, or something that you once proclaimed. Look, I will not lead a party that is not committed to action on climate change. Then roll it up and wrap it well and drop it at the gates of hell. And you've just made a Faustian pact. <laughs> a Faustian pact. Come on kids, you know the moves. It's just a jump to the left and 50 steps to the right. Maybe you'd like to make a Faustian pact. Just take something that's dear to you, like your favourite teddy or a family pet, and offer it up to the Lord of the Underworld. But remember, once I've got your soul, there's no getting it back. <laughs> so yeah, that is a very, like, I, the, the main giveaway there was just take one step to the left and 50 to the right. So it's very... Yeah. Very, uh, very left-wing progressive, but it's still uh, suffice to say it, they um, they sum up like what a modern version of a Faustian pact would be. It doesn't yeah. always necessarily mean like literally selling your soul to Satan or a demon or something. Yeah, it's just like like what he said there, compromising a value to get something that else that you want. But like, a, it's got to be like a core thing, something yeah. that. We got to all get behind Biden as. because Trump's like, we got to get rid of Trump. So we all got to get behind Biden. Doesn't matter if you don't like him. You just got to step in line. That's yeah, the same. We got to get idea. rid of Trump. So sacrifice your values for the, for the, what the group wants or right. what, you know, is the better truth. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. that being said, it's, it's like very speculative. Uh, Joe Rogan's move to Spotify. But yes. I feel like under a certain lens, you could, in a certain way, view that as a, a Faustian deal, Faustian how, pact. How so exactly? Expand on that thought a little bit. Joe was never... Well, first of all, Spotify banned Alex Jones. They banned David Icke. They banned yeah. pretty much anything on vaccines that gets enough clicks. As soon as it's on their radar, they just get that out of there. Um, yeah. So Joe's n narrowed himself into a, he's boxed himself into a corner because like I, I brought this up with a couple of people saying like he's now exclusively, and I haven't read his contract, obviously nobody has, but um, he, it seems like people keep saying, well, like, yeah, but YouTube censors more. And it's like, yeah, but he was not in a contract with YouTube to exclusively be on YouTube. Like he had his own website, his own RSS feed. Mm -hmm. So I like I don't know. I'm I'm not sure if the Spotify move was a um, sellout move, as a lot of his fans have been saying. I mean, you read the comments when he made the announcement on that Pat and Oswald episode. It was like three fourths of the thumbs up, thumbs down. Three fourths of that or more was all thumbs down. Um, and that might be yeah. because it was Pat and Oswald. To be fair, but that was the episode <laughs> he made the announcement. So. Uh, Anyways, like the day after, I believe, that he made that announcement, or maybe even the day of, Alex Jones comes on this, uh, does this rant on uh, Robert Barnes, the Constitutional Lawyer Show. Can't remember the name of it. Because he was like off work or whatever, barbecuing with his family. And he's like, Joe gave me a call and I talked to him for 45 minutes or whatever. And he told me it was all on record. I could tell all this. But the weird part is the next day, the whole article about it, about Joe Rogan saying, in quotes, he's at war. He's declared war on YouTube. The whole article, now, this the video. Is something, this is something that Alex Jones said on his show that he said Joe told him, right? On the phone, yeah. 
Yeah, but there's no other account of Joe Rogan saying he's going to war with uh, YouTube or big tech or anything. I've seen Zero Hedge articles, headlines about it. To be fair, I have not looked into him, so there's a good chance they were probably just parroting what Alex said. But Alex and Joe have been friends for like 24 years or something. So, like, they've been, they used to hang out all the time in Austin and in California. I mean, Joey yeah. Diaz would like dose Alex with edibles at UFC, like in the '90s. Like, so they've been—I mean, they've been—they've known each other for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying like what Alex said is true or not true. I'm just saying if that's the only report of it, then that's—I mean, it—it kind of would make sense because it'd be a big, you know, middle finger to YouTube to just like go exclusively to anywhere else, really. Because I know yeah. I usually watch Joe Rogan on YouTube. Because I like see, to I'm, be able to see. And if it's a if it's somebody I really if it's like a guest that I'm really pumped about, like um, like Alex Jones, I watched that full thing on YouTube back when Joe actually live streamed his uh, his first appearance and his second appearance. I watched both those live. Um, yeah. Adam Curry, I watched that whole oh, thing yeah. live. Me too. Um, or not live because they don't live stream anymore. But actually, yeah, I watched uh, it as soon as it went up. Before J- Alex put out this video, I guess it was two days ago, maybe. Um, actually, I emailed Adam Curry because I was sending him some clips because there was clips from when uh, Bridget Fetisy was on. I clipped them out, mm-hmm. and it was Joe saying like shutting down any mention of conspiracy theories about Bill Gates or Anthony Fauci, Doctor Fauci. He was like, Doctor Fauci's been involved in like he's a he's a virologist. Like you think he's just going to cash it in his Illuminati chips right now? He's a good guy. Like he's a really good guy. And Bill Gates, yeah. but he gives so much to charity, and that was all Joe had to say about it. So I clipped that. Those are out. very safe things to say about the situation. Yes, and very safe things if you're worried. Yeah, I, I mean, is, does he actually believe that? Doubtful. Because I will agree. If one, if there's one thing Alex is 110 percent right about when Alex goes on Joe Rogan, it's when he criticizes Joe for saying, "You know about all this stuff I'm saying and more, but you won't say it because you're afraid to give your audience the truth." I agree he's with that 100 losing half of his audience. Yeah. I, be- I think it's more he's worried about he's, losing. Well, getting a good demonetized, censored, kicked off platforms, blowback. I mean, look what happened when just Bernie Sanders like played a video of Joe endorsing him. There was like a yeah. global push to get Joe banned off of YouTube just from that. So I get it. But anyway, so I, I emailed Adam Curry about this because he text, he's been talking about it on No Agenda how he's texting Joe back and forth. And I was like, but texted Joe, I was like, maybe you can text your buddy Joe and ask him why he's like breathlessly defending Bill Gates and Fauci. And uh, Adam and I emailed back about the Spotify deal and stuff. But um, I don't think Adam's actually seen this. I'm going to have to send this to him because I don't think Adam's actually seen this YouTube video because the all the links I sent him, the two links at the time, I didn't mm-hmm. think they would get taken down off Bandout video. That I've never seen that happen or off of InfoWars. So they're dead links now. So Adam yeah. emailed me back and he was like, "Oh, Joe's a confirmed Illuminati shill or something like that." But or I mean, once again, you said they've been friends for 24 years. It could be like Joe's just like, "Hey, even if it's true, maybe he's like, I don't want this to get out yet." He doesn't because like he hasn't moved to Spotify yet. He signed the deal, but I think from what I read about it, um, the show is going to be like it is normally until the end of the year. And then it's going yeah. exclusively to Spotify because he's he's not been on Spotify. Period. Um, yeah, he's not. Which at all. That's I, t- I t- on our uh, abs in a six pack Twitter page. I tweeted that out a couple days ago. It's like we made it on Spotify before Joe fucking Rogan <laughs> getting the scoop on Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now let me see if I can find this 
Um, bu- 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 looking through my emails from Adam Curry. Maybe not. Mr. Curry. Uh, it might be down in here. Ah, uh, here we go. Thanks for the clips. I had actually heard the episode, and Joe and I texted back and forth about Fauci. I think Joe is just misinformed, but he's clearly open to other opinions. For what it's worth, I'm not sure how much this Spotify deal uh, implies that he sold out. There'll be many. There'll be much details in the language, uh, i.e., the language of the contract. So, I mean, he makes it sound like he's been texting Joe on a daily basis. So that's good. Um, and I have noticed, like, between because I don't think Adam is lying about being like texting buddies with Joe. Yeah. Um, I don't think Alex Jones is lying that Joe called him on the phone and asked for his advice about this Spotify deal. Yeah, I, I believe both of those things. Um, but, I mean, those could be pr- very privileged conversations too, just, you know, like uh, advisory type situations, right. you know, like friends advising other friends on stuff. Right. And maybe Joe, or yeah, Joe just doesn't want that out in the public sphere yet. Yeah. So That's I, what I I'm guess. This is a this is going to be a long journey through this clip before after this we'll get to the real Faustian deals where people sell their souls to learn how to play guitar. But uh, just yes. this side tangent since it's topical this week. Oh yeah, and I honestly am really interested in your take on this. But uh, yeah, here is it took me a minute to find it on YouTube, but here is the video and the whole episode was pulled from Infowars Band Out Video, all of Alex Jones' platforms. After mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming. A call from Joe. I don't know who else would have done that because Alex yeah, never cares about people from Spotify or Joe. That's the only uh, two people I can see. Alex wouldn't give a shit if it was Spotify. I mean, look what he he told YouTube to stick it up their ass so many times. Yeah, and they kicked him off. I mean, I know yeah. he's not on Spotify, but yeah, he's already kicked off Spotify anyway. I think it's. I think Joe probably. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see who else would have. Made that call. That seems the most likely. That seems like the kind of per like Joe would be the person Alex would listen to too if he asked him to do something like that, you know? Right. All right. So yeah. here we go. This is uh, this is lengthy. So at any time you want me to pause it, we'll uh, we'll do so. But I, I do right, think I'll this is interesting. Yeah. This is this is inter- I th- for a lot of reasons. I think this is a pretty fascinating um thing, and I it may to me it might be proof that it was not a Faustian deal that Joe Rogan went with Spotify, which my gut reaction was kind of a sellout move because now you're locked into a platform. You can't build your own website. I wish people, I wish Joe Rogan would just started his own version of a YouTube or a like podcasting network, like no agenda has, but with a way bigger backing. Oh yeah. He's got so many resources. So many people in the community that'd be totally willing to build it for him for practically nothing. Probably you get people like Elon Musk, Tim pool would all be involved. Like, Actual like pro free speech, the Gab, the dude from Gab, uh, can't remember his name, Alex Jones, like all like he has plenty of people on his side. But anyway, oh, yeah. so yeah, um, we'll get uh, get started with jo- <laughs> Alex's story about Joe calling him while Alex was barbecuing and watching his kids in the pool. I was taking a few days off with my children, and I was grilling hamburgers on the back porch, watching my children swim in our little backyard pool. When Joe Rogan called me and he called me this morning and he said, I'm going to call you after four o'clock, California time, six o'clock, Texas time. I said, okay, great. Phone rings. I told my wife, Hey, you guys over here. I'll talk to Joe. And Joe's a very guarded person. I've known him 22 years, but this was like a fire hose. 
And he goes, yeah, say this on air. Go public. The gloves are off. Total war. And I'm like, let me get a pad and paper. So I go try to pad a pad and paper. And I'm trying to like, well, what's on record? What's not on record? What can I say? And he goes, just say it all. So I'm pausing it right there. That's. Yeah. So, okay. So if Alex is. Because when Alex said all this. Assuming Joe was the person who said, hey, you got to put the kibosh on this and take these videos down. Um, Alex seemed Scott. pretty. Com- Alex seemed pretty confident that Joe told him to tell everything he said on air. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely seems like he was one hundred percent confident that Joe was like, "Hey, say all this." However, uh, Alex is a very uh, impassioned and eccentric person, so maybe <laughs> he mistook. Some of what he said, which I, I believe is a possibility. But you, uh, but at the same time, he said, say it all, you know. Yeah. So, that, I mean, if, if it's true that Joe said, say it all on air, then that would imply that it was someone else that pressured Alex to take it down, which is a whole nother rabbit hole of questions. Who would that be? But, mm-hmm. um, we're at least on the same page that Joe for sure really did call Alex. Like, Alex didn't make it up that part. It seems like it because I feel like um, it wouldn't just get taken down. Like if he, if Joe hadn't called Alex and he says all this, I feel like Joe would just come out and say, I didn't talk to Alex. I didn't tell him any of this. He wouldn't just say, Hey, take this down. Right. That's what my thinking would be is Joe would actually tell, like somehow get it out into the, into the sphere of knowledge that I did not say any of this rather than just try to shut it down. Yeah, and uh, Al- yeah, that makes yeah that makes sense. Um, there's a lot to digest in here, but like well, one thing Alex gets into in a, in a minute is he says Joe made sure, and Joe told Alex that Spotify in the contract with Spotify, Alex mm-hmm. Jones is mentioned by name. You have to let me have Alex Jones on, and he is supposedly going to be the first guest booked when they move to Spotify in September. Is this like is there proof of this or is this, this is just, just what Alex said? This okay. is just straight assuming Alex's phone call with Joe was real. Okay. And he kept saying things and telling me things and like ten minutes into this, it's like a forty five minute conversation. Because Joe, you know, we're drinking beer in Las Vegas or something. That's hours of conversation, but on the phone it's a few minutes. It's like forty five minutes of him like going off, and I'm like, Well, what am I allowed to say? Because he's telling me, I want you to go on air. I want you to say this. I want you to. And at the end of it, he says, just put it all out. Well, there's no way to put 45-minute conversation out and its import because it's bigger than Alex Jones. It's bigger than Donald Trump. It's bigger than Hillary Clinton. It's bigger than all of us. It's about somebody that was number one in their field, reaching 20, 30 million people a day with all the aggregate videos he's got out there. That's the biggest media there is. Finally saying, I'm done. Because Joe is a pragmatist. He's a patriot. He's an American. He's as smart as I am or smarter. When I say that, it's not a compliment. It's the truth. He finishes my sentences. He knows all of it. He's addicted to it. He's the real Alex Jones, but the one that's smart enough <laughs> to think, oh, I'm going to jujitsu this whole thing. I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. And now that he finally got the position number one, he said, Alex, I'm taking the gloves off. So here's what he told me. Okay, the stock's up a couple billion at Spotify. He did this, and he's made 110 million or whatever. And I know the inside baseball. He gets 20 minutes 
of each show that's still going to be on YouTube. And he got in the contract with Spotify that he can have Alex Jones on. I'm in the contract. <laughs> and, and, and so, he, but, but he went on, he said, listen, you told me this stuff 20 years ago. You told me 10 years ago. You know, you told me a couple of years ago about YouTube, Google censorship. I thought, okay, maybe some of it, whatever. He just couldn't imagine they were so un-American. And he said to me today, he said, listen, I love America and I love freedom. He said, the things they've done, the things they've told me, the way they've talked to us like we're dogs is so un-American. It's not about me. It's about I'd rather die than do this. He goes, I don't care if I get shut off everywhere. He goes, I'm going to war. So if if all that is true, I am I have gained so much respect for Joe Rogan. Absolutely. What do you what do you make of that? How much are you buying into like what? Because like uh, Alex attacks Joe so much, I feel like he wouldn't be kissing Joe's ass so hard if Joe wasn't actually doing at least that to a certain extent. Yeah, definitely. I feel like every time Alex Jones talks about Joe Rogan, he is definitely kissing his butt a little bit. Well, not you. <laughs> you remember when Jesus told him to destroy Joe Rogan? Yeah, <laughs> I was That's, drinking. Uh, I was drinking a lot back then. <laughs> I was. It was. It was, it was a heavy drinking time. About a, about a bottle of vodka. Yeah, he was heavy <laughs> drinking at the time. That makes uh, you know clouds the judgment a little bit. Uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's gone back and forth about it, that kind of stuff. Um, but do you think it, what are the what's the likelihood that Joe is actually fully like on the attack against YouTube, Google, uh, the whole tech censorship, and just because um, he always seems like he he's a fence rider. If especially once his podcast got big, Joe is a fence rider if he's anything. Yeah, that's how you get such a big audience. You don't get a real big audience by uh, being real polarizing or anything. I mean, you can get a pretty big audience. Like well, Alex Jones, but, he's got a pretty big he, audience, he, the but he doesn't biggest, have like anywhere near Joe Rogan. The biggest podcast he's had by far was the Alex Jones episode, though. So polarizing guests are what made Joe big. Uh, yeah, it, well, polarizing guests, not yes. polarizing no. opinions on <clears throat> Joe's part, because Joe's supposed to be the average Joe kind of guy. He's supposed to look <laughs> at things average like, Joe. Hey, uh-huh. Yeah, he's, he looks at things like the way he tries to come across anyways. I mean, on certain things, he leans certain directions, but he's pretty in the middle, just asking questions, just seeing what people think, trying to let their thoughts get out there. And I really think that's what his Unless big thing Eddie was. Bravo, so and could, he shuts that shit down right away. Eddie's a little... Shandony? Special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so He can be. I love, I love Eddie, dude. Uh, but... Oh yeah, he's great. He's a great guest. I, I mean, I'd love to talk to him about the like the stuff he believes, like especially all the flat Earth stuff, because he seems like he is the person to talk about with all that. He's not the expert of flat Earth, but he's definitely the figurehead of it. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, but uh, so back to the the Rogan thing. I'm I'm less interested in. Even though it is interesting, I'm less interested in why Alex removed this whole story and segment and the entire episode that it, it contained it about Joe Rogan calling him and the Spotify deal. I'm that's mm-hmm. interesting, but I'm more concerned about is Joe actually like 
standing up for like free speech and against the big tech stuff? Or is it bunch of or is it gonna be a bunch of talk like Trump does where he's like, Big social media censorship's real bad. Somebody should do something about it. Well, like I think it's a I think it's a battle that Joe Rogan is like I mean I think anybody that's creative because pretty much every single uh, major content creator for YouTube has at least one story about how YouTube screwed them over in various ways and I'm mm-hmm. sure Joe Rogan has hundreds of them like that. Oh, he talks and he's talked about it on the show. They de- they demonetize episodes with Tom Papa who tells dad jokes and bakes bread. <laughs> yeah see there's just like there doesn't seem to be a lot of rhyme or reason to certain things they do other than just like hey we don't want to pay this person or we just don't like this person so we're not going to let them have as much money as they should get well I, and I, I feel like that's one thing he does fight for is uh fairness if anything i feel like that is a big part of the joe rogan ideal is that stuff should be fair like you shouldn't have a whole bunch of people who get to just make a bunch of arbitrary rules because they like or don't like something. Yeah, but there's I think there's more to it than that. I think part of the reason Joe really um and I obviously I don't know the behind the scenes, but I would assume especially since hit Joe's opinions on COVID-19 on the podcast in the last couple of weeks have drastically shifted from talking to Adam, texting Adam about it, Adam Curry from mm-hmm. um having Guests on like Elon Musk really exposed a lot of that. Um, I think Joe Joe has realized that YouTube. I mean, Doctor Erickson and his uh, cohort. What would you colleague Doctor Erickson and his colleague, very respected yeah. medical doctors, did a press conference. They explained how the number the CDC is fudging the numbers. They're marking regular deaths as COVID nineteen causing deaths. Um, they're taking away our freedoms. You have doctors, nurses, scientists all over the world. Like the the guy that won the Nobel Peace Prize for discovering HIV says this thing was clearly made in a the lab. They're using it to take away our freedoms. It's not that deadly. It's a patented virus. He's banned from social media. You have Dr. Erickson. His video got 7 million views on YouTube. YouTube banned it. You have legit medical doctors who are now banned. You have politicians from around the world who are being banned by YouTube for talking about things like the pandemic bill gates and they're talking about it rationally and yeah they're they're not just coming out with like crazy off the wall conspiracies they have at least like backgrounds in the field and they know a little bit about it they're still being treated like they're off the wall yeah and i mean i've it's the censorship under this covid thing with youtube twitter i mean they're they've been deleting trump's tweets i mean it's like so even fox news is uh well, this is a sidebar, but Fox News is attacking Trump for his uh, promotion of hydroxychloroquine, shit like that. So mm-hmm. I think Joe has seen in the last couple of weeks, the last couple of months, but especially the last couple of weeks, that like I think that might have catalyzed his call to Alex if this if Alex's version of it is how it went down. It's yeah. like Joe, because Joe's talked about it, he's kind of played it down, but I mean, he's him and even Brian Cowan, who doesn't even believe that Bohemian Grove is real are talking about how they're faking deaths and they're using it to take away rights and they're censoring legit doctors and nurses and the hospitals are empty even though the news says they're overrun. So, like, I think that was the big catalyst for Rogan when he's like, why? Like, YouTube is clearly evil. Yeah, it's like um, of the bigger picture here, rather, I mean, the specifics of COVID-19, yes, but the bigger picture, and I think it's something that Joe Rogan has always talked about is censorship. 
and it's stuff that's being censored. And I mean, it's not the reasons it's being censored are pretty ridiculous too. It's this stuff shouldn't be censored. Like you should allow people to have the opinions they want to have and to display them. And if you're going to be a platform that's like, Hey, I'm going to censor this stuff that I don't like, especially if it's coming from like legitimate sources. Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing? You're just running a circus that you want to have complete control over. Yeah. And the communications decency act section 230 states that you are the only reason a platform is not allowed to be sued for the content on their website is because they are a public forum that anybody can post on. So if you're yeah. going to not let it be a public forum, you, they get they got their foot on both sides of the line. So if you either you have to inf- like be a public forum and not ban anything unless it's illegal, yeah, or you have to if you're going to curate, you need to be liable for the content on your platform. But they like. Yeah, Silicon Valley pretty much runs most of DC politicians. If you look at the donations to him, it's the story as old as time. The industries that have the most money get to make the most rules. (laughs) Yeah. So, would you say I that all that being said, and we can play another minute of this, and then we'll just move past it. This will probably be the biggest is a long opening chunk, but I think it's kind of important. Um, Yeah. All that being said, what do you think about Rogan's move to Spotify? Was it a it was was it a Faustian deal or or um, a strategic chess move in the war I think for it's free too speech? Early to tell. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's gonna we're gonna have to get a lot closer to when it actually happens and see if his opinions start changing. Mm-hmm. Well, excuse me, or what exactly does at this point? It could be it's very speculative. It could be a Faustian deal where he was like, "I've got, I'm just gonna sign over." get a whole bunch of money and, you know, just do whatever Spotify says. Cause Spotify is a pretty, uh, woke company as it is too, but they yeah. do, they are better about letting just whatever, like, I mean, our shows on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> so they're pretty open to whoever wants to yeah. be on Spotify. But they, I mean, David Icke has been on Spotify for years talking about how reptilian lizards control the government. But as soon as he started talking about the dangers of 5G, they shut that guy down fast. So, um, yeah, it's Spotify is suspect. That's That was the main problem I had. It wasn't Spotify in general. They're not as bad as YouTube is for censorship, by like, for sure. But right, I, I put them on par with Twitter as far as censorship. Like, they censor a lot of people, but it's not near as blatant as, like, YouTube yeah. and Google is just crazy blatant. The main con- uh, point of contention I had with Rogan moving to Spotify exclusively was, why didn't you just like you like like we were talking about? Just like you've had such an opportunity to make your own platform, like Alex Jones yeah. did, Band Video. If Rogan did something like that, it would have. I mean, it would have yeah, been a bigger a whole, game changer. There's a whole other element that goes into that because you got to build your platform. You have to figure out how to get it to work right. Then you've got to get all of the your listeners to migrate to that specific uh, website or whatever you're going to use, you know. And that's a lot harder. You still got to get them to migrate to Spotify. Spotify is unavailable. Well, yeah, that the money, yeah, the money is a big chunk of it. Um, Yeah, it's I can't really I can't judge Rogan's decision on the whole Spotify thing because obviously I'm not going to act like I would turn down a hundred plus million dollars. Oh yeah, but that guy's got so much money already that like, I don't know. 
yeah, I'm kind I of repeating overall, myself. Well. I think it's I think it's really like I could see like it being like a sellout, and I can also see it being a middle finger to YouTube and being like that. I think it's too early to tell. I think we're gonna have to wait till it actually starts moving towards there and to see what YouTube or if YouTube does anything in response. Yeah. Because well, according to Alex, off about it, that probably means it was a middle finger to YouTube, right? Well, yeah. According to Alex, um, YouTube is still in the contract that, like, you know how they have Joe Rogan clips, JRE clips. Like, they'll have clips, twenty minutes per episode of clips from each episode on YouTube. That's yeah. in the contract, just to get people to re- be reminded they can listen to it on Spotify. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's too early to tell, but. Um, I hope Alex is right about this. That'd be really, that would be really cool to see that like Rogan actually trying to like do something positive, kind of the way that Elon Musk tries to do stuff. That's like, at least seems fairly positive with all of his influence and power. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Rogan is shoulders above. And I never thought I would say this back when I first started listening to Rogan, like, you know, eight years ago or however long it was. But now I think Rogan is, I mean, he he is shoulders above Alex Jones or Elon Musk or even CNN as far as like swinging an election. Like people really like the amount of sway that Joe has is insane. It um, is. So yeah, I, that's that's another reason I got really upset that Joe was just kissing Bill Gates and Dr. Fauci's ass. Then I emailed Adam about it, but I get what Adam's saying. Yeah. It's like Joe is just like. He's smart. You gotta, but he's you not. You gotta toe some lines sometimes if you yeah. want to get what you want. Right. Well, anyway, let's listen to maybe another minute of this and then move on. All right. This. He goes. I don't care if I get shut off everywhere. He goes. I'm going to war. In in September, and he said, I want you first guest. <laughs> the background on the big jumbo screens behind Alex is <laughs> Joe Rogan with a giant American flag behind his head. <laughs> out of, of the gate and then elon musk next and if they think they've been attacked so far get ready and because i know joe he knows as much or more i mean it's scary you're about to see a calculated alex jones and he said i don't care what happens it's for my kids these people because he has the inside metrics he goes elon musk you know, 100 plus million views they shadow ban it they block it they claim it's 10 million views same thing you know th- th- that's the new interview and so all of this and, and, and these tech dictators, I, I told Joe a few years ago, I said, I'm coming after you because I know you know all this as much as I do or more. I know you're just as tough as I am, maybe tougher, probably tougher. And you're letting these people piss on you? I said, I demand you attack them. And Joe's like, oh, they're not that bad. And once he finally saw them, here was the, here was the camel, here was the straw that broke the camel's back. He tries to get medical doctors on, people that own hospitals, you know, PhDs on top of it, and, and, and YouTube tells him, you're not having them on. And he goes, wait a minute, I can't have major medical, he watches all these medical doctors being banned. And again, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan is all of us. Like, I am Spartacus, you were Spartacus. There's this moment where you're just like, you know what? I'm not going to bow to you anymore. I'm not going to get down on my knees Ever again, this is ridiculous. Uh- okay, so there's another. 
there's another good 13 minutes of this. I will link it in the show notes because it's worth watching the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it honestly would be fun to dissect the whole thing, but that's not why we're doing this episode. So uh, I will link that in the show notes and you can do with it as you will. Unless YouTube removes it, which they usually do. So get it while it's hot. I might actually, honestly, I wonder if I can, uh, I might try to rip this video and download it before YouTube removes it and just uploaded it as a video embedded in our website because, oh, that'd um, be cool. You can I'll, also link it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Alex Jones makes it perfectly clear that all of his content is free to, um, post and anywhere you want to. So. I'll probably just see if I can just re-upload that whole thing on our website under if, if there's a way to do that. Anyways, so mm -hmm. that is a loose tie-in with Joe Rogan's Spotify deal being a non-metaphysical Faustian deal, potentially. Um, which I thought, it, I thought it was a sellout uh, compromise, but if between what Adam... Curry emailed me and what Alex Jones, especially what Alex Jones is saying. And he's known Joe for a damn, like, multiple decades. So I am hoping that this actually really makes a big, uh, this can make some big waves and some big changes. We might oh, yeah. see people that have been censored, if Alex is right, come back. Because um, that's, I mean, that's a big, and, that, and that's, the, the, the you know, the, the first rat, Rogan's the first rat leaving the sinking ship, I guess, if you want to. <laughs> Um, oh, I got it. Yeah, that could be it. That it could, could start be a cascade. Because people have been talking yeah. about leaving YouTube for a long time, and if th this could make BitChute big. Um, if people just, like, gab instead of... Like, this could... If there is, like, one guy you want to, like, get off the censorship social media train, then this would be the guy to lead the charge. So hopefully that'll... And maybe this is part of it. Maybe he's moving away from YouTube. He's going to go to Spotify, and maybe he'll build his own website from uh, the comfort of Spotify. Since Spotify, really, their whole thing is just to host content. Maybe he's just going to move away from YouTube, try to get everybody to gradually move away from that, and he's going to build his own uh, media empire. Yeah, content yeah. hosting place. Hello, this is Hank Hill, and I'm telling you what, you need to listen to Alex Jones. Yeah, yeah. Infoworth.com. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Mike Judge. That'd be a good Rogan guest, Mike Judge. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay, so now the now to the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess uh, this this will be kind of quick. <laughs> um, I went and looked for making an opening mix when I was doing that. I was like, let me find some songs that are literally just called Faustian Bargain. Yes. So Did you find me, any? I found a lot. Uh, there must have been oh. 15 to 20 of them named variations of Faustian Bargain, Faustian Deal, A Faustian Deal, The Faustian Deal, The Faustian Bargain, The Faustian Pact. There was a lot of songs on there. And most of them sounded exactly like this. Wait, no, that is not what... Most of them sounded... <laughs> that was the one I didn't want. Should label these. Ah. There's every single song had a similar sound, pretty much. And it was usually this type of stuff.
So I'll skip uh, a good minute into the song and see how it sounds there. So yeah, lots of pentagrams, lots of screaming. Pretty much every song Makes. about the Faustian bargain. So uh, yeah, Makes an, sense oh, that uh, Death Metal would be into that. Here's another one with the same name, a Faustian bargain. You're a cunt. You're a cunt now. You've always been a cunt. And the only thing that's going to change is you're going to become an even bigger cunt. Maybe you have some more cunt kids. So, as another band's The Faustian Bargain, I'm going to skip a, about a minute, minute and 30 in, see how it sounds then. See if it calmed down a little bit. Oh, that's much calmer. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty... All the bands that um, made this reference in their song, and there was a lot, pretty much all of them are very into uh, death metal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Those were all pretty much the exact same name, and I could play ten more for you, and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the songs. All right, so we've got a general idea. This is very much involved in the uh, the crowd that enjoys pentagrams and screaming and thrashing metal. Hate worldwide, baby. Slayer. Woo! <laughs> um, I did like this one, and I might see if um, this one. This is like the counter. This is like the antidote to that music. You ready? Okay. That's how you do a good rap song, just for those who oh, didn't yeah. know. Um, I like that without no. That doesn't need any rapping. I like that the way it was. It was kind of nice. Well, that was a that was like a rap remix uh, beat. The, the original one goes into like a, uh, I guess you kind of like Queen meets Mastodon, kind of like uh, hair metal, death metal, hair metal type shit. Um, okay, that was like a, a a rap beat remix. Anyways, anyways. Uh, so yeah, let's do a little intro to Faustian deals because let's do it. because people need to know about that. Yes. If folktales are to be believed, the devil seems to have quite the interest in music. Whether it's the satanic imagery that's ever pervasive in metal, or the legendary fiddle duel in The Devil Went Down to Georgia, it would appear that the Prince of Darkness likes a good tune as much as you and I. <laughs> but there's one tale of the devil in music that captivates like no other, and it's one that's been told for centuries. The deal with the devil. Nearly everyone knows this kind of story now, and that's because it has a rich history dating back several centuries. Let's take a closer look. Oh, we're taking a closer look. Taking a closer Ooh. look. Ooh. 
get real close. Ooh. Deals with the devil have appeared in Western mythology for a long time, but they really first started catching on in the late 1500s thanks to a man named Johann Faust. Faust was a German alchemist and magician who was alleged to have made a pact with the demon Mephistopheles in return for his soul. His talent became famous after being documented in Christopher Marlowe's play The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus. A hundred years later, the myth first made its way into music thanks to Giuseppe Tartini. In 1713, the devil appeared to Tartini in a dream, and Tartini made a pact for his soul. In the dream, he gave the devil a violin, and the devil performed the most beautiful sonata he had ever heard. Immediately upon waking up, Tartini tried to write down what he heard and created the Violin Sonata in G, better known as the Devil's Trill Sonata. Despite the success of this piece, Tartini wrote that his effort was so inferior to what I had heard that if I could have subsisted on other means, I would have broken my violin and abandoned music forever. <laughs> wow. So the main takeaway from that is Tartini is a dumb name. Yes. Tartini. Who, who, who's named Tartini? Tartini. Who, who, I don't care how who, Italian you are, I would rather your name be Meatball Spaghetti Man. <laughs> Pasta Esquire. Tartini. Stupid. Hi, my name's Tartini. I heard a cool song <laughs> in a dream once. Hi. So, <laughs> and the, the devil made me do it. The By devil the way, made me do if it. If the devil really, I mean, I know he said it was a mere representation of that song, but if that was, the devil could do better than that. Like, I listened to that Tartini thing that made him famous that he said, like, the devil gave to him in a dream. It's, yeah. un, it's unlistenable. It's that bad? Well, I mean, you know, art is subjective, I guess. So I can't, I mean, it's not like a, but I didn't like it. Maybe it was just somebody playing it badly since he, maybe he was playing it really well since he lived like 600 years ago. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, so and representation of it yeah. now. So uh, here's some more Faustian deals about old weird dudes with wigs that played violin. Apparently, the devil liked violin 500 years ago because that's all he really made deals about was violins and shit. It would seem. So, I mean, even like Johnny, the, right? That's Devil Went Down Georgia. Johnny, Johnny rising up your boat. Yeah, yeah. It was at least yeah, a Johnny fiddle. Johnny rising up your boat and playing your a fiddle. fiddle you didn't see him yeah, playing no a, it's a freaking violin. violin. He was playing a fiddle like a man. That's a. It's the same thing. Uh, I think they're the same thing. Fiddles. Right? I like fiddles better. Violins like the snobby. Fiddles what old crow medicine show. Violins are what like orchestras play true like a fiddle is a harmonica and a violin's like a kazoo <laughs> <laughs> it would seem that the devil's interest in violin didn't wane as rumors of another violinist cohorting with the devil came about a century later Niccolo Paganini is considered by some to be the greatest violin virtuoso ever to have lived he started music at the age of five on the mandolin was composing by the age of seven and performing live at 12 and he was such a virtuoso that the public began to surmise that his talents must have come from dark dealings. Dun, dun, dun. On top of his skills, Paganini had a pale, lanky look with long fingers and flaming eyes. The legends of his performances are something else to behold. 
Some reports say audiences made the sign of the cross as they watched him perform to protect themselves from evil. Other stories have him continuing to play flawless now, wait a notes second. on Why broken... would they be there watching him perform if they were having to make crosses to protect him? Why would they just not be there? Well, so you see, um, history requires a little bit of faith, right? Do we have mm -hmm. photographic evidence of the Founding Fathers? No, people just had to paint pictures of them so that we hope they, like, we know what they look like. We hope we know what happened. But, I mean, really, after, like, everything from, like, before 1900, when cameras existed, it's just basically on faith. It's all faith. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. Is have him continuing to play flawless notes on broken strings and contorting his body into weird shapes while performing. One fan even left a Vienna concert, claiming he had seen the devil aiding Paganini. At the age of 54, Paganini died. And one of the last things he did... Dude, just shy of the 27 Club, man. He almost made it. ...things he did <sighs> before he died was send away a priest who had come to perform last rites. This cemented his association with the devil in many people's minds. So, uh, these dudes with, like, powdered wigs living in London... Like five hundred years ago, when they haven't need, hadn't they hadn't even invented bread yet, so bread wasn't even a thing. No yeah, one let's, thought about. Let's it. skip past that. Not only bread, they didn't have Pringles. Um, There's just a bunch of dipshits back then, really. So yeah, they didn't have rotisserie chickens yet. Let's move to the fun part when Americans were selling their souls. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. Unfortunately, it's still this same guy with a lisp doing the uh, story, but... Oh, jeez. Less than a hundred years later, Legends of the Devil meddling in musical affairs started... Oh, but see how the music changed? It's like, now it sounds a little bluesier. Now a little bluesier, a little yeah. more like... Like early like New Orleans carnival thing. Yeah. I didn't say that, by the way. Less than a hundred years later, Legends of the Devil meddling in musical affairs started once more. In the 1920s and 30s, a pair of blues musicians in the Mississippi Delta are alleged to have run-ins with the devil. First came Tommy Johnson, a guitar virtuoso known for his eerie yodeling. Johnson's brother Liddell spread the legend of Tommy's yodeling so eerie. One night, the story goes, Tommy Johnson went to the crossroads, the crossroads. just before midnight and played guitar midnight. until a big black man came up to him, took his guitar, and tuned it. Okay, so... First of all, when they say back in like the 1905 or whenever Tommy Johnson took his guitar to the tracks and sold his soul at midnight, when they say a big black man came up and tuned his guitar for him, do they mean like a black spirit or like a dark entity or do they mean just literally a big black dude like Terry Crews just walked up and tuned his guitar? I mean, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking spirit kind of guy, yeah, you know, okay. very shadow figure. Yeah, in context, a big black man could mean very different things back in the back yes. 130 years ago or whatever. Or midnight and played guitar until a big black man came up to him, <laughs> took his guitar and tuned it. it After that, Tommy Johnson could play <laughs> the guitar like no man alive. Ooh. So there's a uh, this is such a popular story of blues artists um, going down to the crossroads at midnight. Uh, specifically, this crossroad in Mississippi is where the biggest tales are told. But it's such a popular folklore that in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? They're driving 
I think it's about halfway through the movie. They're just driving through the middle of nowhere and they go by this crossroads and they pick up Tommy Johnson. You fools going past Tishmingo. Sure, hop in. How you doing, son? Name's Everett. These two soggy sons of bitches are uh, Pete and Delmer. Keep your fingers away from Pete's mouth. He ain't had nothing to eat for 13 years except prison food, gopher, and a little greasy horse. Thanks for the lift, sir. My name's Tommy. Tommy Johnson. How you doing, Tommy? Say, I haven't seen a house out here for miles. What are you doing out in the middle of nowhere? Well, I had to be at that there crossroads last midnight. Sell my soul to the devil. Ain't it a small world, spiritually speaking? Pete and Delmer have just been baptized and saved. I guess I'm the only one that remains unaffiliated. This ain't no laughing matter, Everett. What'd the devil give you for your soul, Tommy? Well, he taught me to play this here guitar real good. Oh, son, for that you traded your everlasting soul? Well, I wouldn't use it. I've always wondered. <laughs> I wouldn't what's use the devil it. Look like? Well, of course, there are all manner of lesser imps and demons, Pete, but the great Satan himself is red and scaly with a bifurcated tail, and he carries a hay fork. Oh, no. No, sir. He's white. As white as you folks. <laughs> with empty eyes and a big hollow voice. He love to travel around with a mean old hound. That's right. Love to travel around with a mean old hound. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, uh, interestingly, yeah, Lucifer, as the Albert Pike who wrote the Freemason Bible said, Lucifer actually means light, and he's good. So yeah, Tommy Johnson's like, oh yeah, he was big, he was white. Uh, I think that's biblical, biblically accurate from a Christian perspective too. Lucifer appears yeah. as a being of light. He was the most beautiful angel. True. It went to his head. Yeah, it's like the, all the red demony, like scaly shit, is like a psyop or something. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so then we move into not to be confused with Tommy Johnson. We have Robert Johnson. Uh, comes a couple decades later, and same thing. Went down to the crossroads, sold to soul at midnight. Outside of the alleged deal with the devil and his influence on blues music, Johnson's life was rather uneventful. Though that can't be said for Robert Johnson. Unrelated to Tommy, another musician who apparently made a Faustian bargain. Apparently. Johnson was one of the most impressive guitar players of his time and one of the most important musicians of all time. And when he was a young man in the late 1920s, he started to play guitar, but apparently he had no talent for it. Fellow <laughs> blues man Son House famously remembered how Johnson played the guitar. Such a racket you never heard. It'd make the people mad, you know. They'd come out and say, why don't y'all go in and get that guitar away from that boy? He's running people crazy with it. I'd come back in and I'd scold him about it. Then one day, Robert Johnson left Robinsonville, where he had been living. When he came back, he was a changed man. Johnson returned with incredible guitar skills, sliding around the neck seamlessly while maintaining steady rhythms. Legend has it when Keith Richards first heard Johnson play, he thought it was two guitar players. Yeah, so wow. Robert, <clears throat> Robert Johnson was the OG. He just left for a little bit. Everybody said he sucked. It's kind of like uh, <clears throat> like Lee Harvey Oswald, like how all his Marine buddies said he was like the worst shot in the platoon, like he was a terrible shot. Then he pulls yeah. off a 
a sniper shot like uh like that nobody could recreate navy seals fbi tried so uh, robert johnson is kind of the same thing it's like oh yeah like everybody said he sucked and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he's like the greatest guitar player in the world for the time spawns a whole blues movement and uh supposedly and this is the kind it's all speculation because who are you going to trust but supposedly he openly told people that he sold his soul to the devil as tommy johnson did at the crossroads uh and that's where bob dylan got the idea to do the same thing okay i was hoping we were going to talk about bob dylan yeah just we'll get to that infamous 60 minutes interview in a little bit and honestly i'm kind of i'm barely scratching the surface because if you really wanted to i mean i was combing through hours of celebrities openly admitting they sold their souls to the devil, but I counted at least 75% of it as tongue-in-cheek slash trolling. Um, it's, yeah, just to say yeah. it because it's a popular thing. Like, how were you... I don't think it was on the podcast, but you were talking about how, yeah, like, HR 666 is getting passed to, like, track people and you can enter their homes, and then Bill Gates patented uh, the implantable, traceable um, nanotech vaccine that'll track you and make sure you've been vaccinated. And the patent number is 060606. And you said something like, well, if you were a billionaire, whether you were good or bad, you would just troll people, especially when they're accusing you of being like, the, you know, the Antichrist or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, you'd want to troll the people on the opposite side of you. I so mean, think that, about it. you got a exactly. billion dollars, you're doing all this stuff. Why 74 not? billion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just on paper. <laughs> it's not including offshore accounts. So, uh, yeah. So if I don't buy that for Bill Gates, I think Bill Gates is a nefarious, creepy dude. But... When it comes to musical artists, I I would Occam's Razor says most of it is trolling. Yeah, in, in my opinion, they're artists. Yeah, yeah, they're artists. They have a sense of creativity and everything. They but it's not that creative because literally all of them stuff. say it. So it's not that creative. Yeah, all, but it's a trope, I guess. Right. Yeah. Def, yeah. But tropes are not. I would not consider tropes creative. No, not necessarily. Not. Um, but it's definitely a theme, whether they are genuine or not. And I have seen legit 100% artists like making FaceTime or not FaceTime, like Instagram live videos, like crying about how they like can't get their soul back and shit. And it's like, are you talking metaphorically like that you sold out or did you like, you know, it's, and a lot of them talking code. It's very weird. And, yeah. uh, yeah, I, like I said at the beginning of this, this is a rabbit hole that the more you go down, the more you, you've don't know anything but it's still fun yeah yeah so yeah uh more robert johnson rumors started to grow that like tommy johnson before him robert had sold his soul to the devil at midnight at a crossroads and if you listen to robert johnson's music it's easy to believe it too atop his virtuoso play johnson's lyrics have a haunting desperation to them and he even sings of his relationship with the devil. Hellhound on My Trail is a masterful song that takes the trope of the rambling blues man and puts a new spin on it. Um, this is totally anecdotal. I actually heard this for the first time last night talking to a couple people uh, mm. in, the, in the middle of the night. There was a dude, like real big Robert Johnson fan, and he claims, and I have not had time to fact check this. I don't know how I would because it was so long ago and it's all hearsay, but... He claims that Robert Johnson on his deathbed, after like supposedly he'd selling his soul to Crossroads, he always sung about like hellhounds on his trail, and like even in even in um, Oh Brother Art Thou, Tommy Johnson says like he's real white and he travels with this big old hound. 
Um, so that's a weird thing with uh, Tommy Johnson and Robert Johnson in the blues is they song about like hell, hellhounds being on their trail, um, like fiery hounds. And uh, apparently, what I heard last night, and this is grain of salt because it was a drunk guy telling me this, but he's a big Robert Johnson fan. He said that um, on his deathbed, like Robert Johnson was screaming in fear about the hounds that were like tearing him up. And he was screaming like the hounds are like chewing me up. They caught up with me, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, grain of salt wow. on that because that is v- very uh, yeah, that's very that's coming from a drink. There's <laughs> no way yeah. to fact check that. There's yeah. no way to do yeah, yeah. It's but that I mean, definitely the biggest Robert Johnson fan I've met told me that. So, but yeah, it's oh. like how do you how yeah with all this kind of topic, it's like how am I going to fact check this? One thing I will say, and we'll get into this near the end. All the uh, when you when you look on you know Google YouTube uh, Bing DuckDuckGo any any type of search engine where you would research this kind of stuff and start getting yeah. into like forums and esoteric books and it it I here's where my research stopped when they tell you how to do these rituals <clears throat> they direct you to <clears throat> ancient books um, there oh. are some of them available uh, in PDF form or you can buy them. Uh, just like you can get that occult like spell book um, annotated with Hitler's own personal notes that he wrote in it, Aleister Crowley yeah. book, I believe. I, that's where I don't. I just, at that point, it's like whether this stuff is real or not. I don't want that shit in my head. So that's yeah, where my, that's what makes most of this stuff real for people. Yeah, is I d- looking into it and doing it, and then there's that thoughts in their head. And I and if these. If whether the spells are real or not, but especially if they're real, I don't even want to know how to do them. Yeah, I, I, th- there's certain things I would like not to know how to do. So that's where my research stopped. Uh, I didn't want to be a guinea pig and try like the crossroads at midnight or the, um, you know, like the blood oath and the tarot cards and all that. Like, I, it, it's uh, that kind of shit creeps me out. I mean, you could say I'm superstitious, but I did like that. That seems like how you would figure out if this shit's real. And yeah. they all do link to like ancient books. Uh, most of the people citing this stuff, like all these creepy Satanists on YouTube and shit. Um, I just didn't feel like. It's like I'm sure I could have gotten more answers as to the validity of this stuff, but at what cost? I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. At a certain point with this kind of stuff, especially going into like demonic stuff, like mm-hmm. all the oaths and everything, you either have to take the oaths. Or witness somebody taking the oath, or something to that effect, or at least know how the ritual works, which is essentially like taking it. Yeah, and maybe I've seen Evil Dead too many times, but I don't want to have to put a chainsaw on my arm and shit. <laughs> you know, it's like it, even yeah. even even reading the words, whether or not I say them out loud, like now they're in my head. You know, so I just didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to just you have can, that rolling well, around in there, and then silly. curiosity strikes one day. Right, exactly. Or like Dave Mustaine said. Um, he he said Dave Mustaine of re- original guitarist of Metallica then did Megadeth. I think it was on Alex Jones, so he t- he talked about it. But I've seen him talk about it elsewhere. He was he said I wasn't always doing witchcraft and spells when I was drunk, but every time I was doing witchcraft and spells, I was drunk. And yeah. uh, he put this like hex or curse on some guy that he like hated or something. And that very same day, that dude died in a car crash. And after that, he got sober Ooh. and became a Christian. So it's like. I hear enough people talk about shit like that where it's like, well, whether it's true or not, none of them seem 
like the people that have gotten out of it say it's bad, and the people that are in it and say it's good are creepy. So either way, I'm good on it. Yeah. Anyway. Devil. Hellhound on My Trail is a masterful song that takes the trope of the rambling blues man and puts a new spin on it. The reason Johnson is a traveling, wandering vagabond is because he's got hellhounds following him. You could even look at this song as the middle of a trilogy of songs chronicling his run-in with the devil. Crossroad Blues is where he sells his soul, and then the trilogy ends with Me and the Devil Blues, which has some of the most haunting opening lines ever. That's the birth of rock and roll right there. And oh, that, yeah. uh, that actually reminded me of something. Um, have you seen the documentary Pioneers of Rock? I have not. Rock and roll. You get rock and roll. I learned everything from those old blues and folk guys, man. I mean, you wouldn't have us or the Stones or uh, ACDC. None of that happens without yodeling Sammy Watkins. There's a new bug on my shoulder and a crooked up my sleeve. I got a cockroach on my dick side and a bug all over me. There's a June bug on my shoulder. There's a cricket up my sleeve. Okay, that's rock and roll. When I was growing up, a lot of my friends were listening to hip hop or punk rock. And I don't know, it just didn't really do it for me. But then I heard Green Bean Floyd's Possum Puddle. <laughs> I got that. Oh, Henry was a possum with a white tongue play. When he came to swim, he was laughing in the rain. In the backdrop in the puddle by the drain of love. That hurt me right here. Hurt me good. I got. I was hooked in. Oh boy, look at that one. Tenderfoot Williams. God. There's a song on here about a June bug joining a baseball team. Slick Kip Wimpton. Oh, God. This one's about two inchworms on a date. So running for blood, I was doing this kind of thing. <laughs> Cap Haplin was kind of a... guys across all types of music these days. It's a trip, man. Here's my track, Nasty Business. Now, here's Skeeter Cleek Callahan's Walk Around in Mud. Oh, the tater bug said to the ladybug, <laughs> let's make us a bramble pile. The bug said to the tater bug, we can do it on the 4th of July. So, as soon as I kept hearing, all, like, I, Robert Johnson, I'm not denying all the, like, innovative things he did to music. The Beatles ripped him off for sure and took the credit. But, like, when I heard all these old Robert Johnson songs, mainly because it was recording, like, the 20s when they were recording with tin cans, like, fucking all I thought about was that birthday boy sketch about the pioneers of rock. It sounds exactly the yeah, same. Yeah, it's pretty much the same stuff. Is it really? I mean, obviously the the content of what the lyrics were <laughs> with the juke bugs and all. <laughs> I love how all of them have to do with some kind of bug. There's a yeah. Can, the visuals make this whole bit on the birthday boys so much better because there's like it's just like dudes like live it like just like a dude in a barrel like you know on a dusty road with like a one string guitar <laughs> or like another dude with like mud like 
smut all over his face and dirt, and he's like got a little. He's by a picket fence, and he's got a sign that says "clothes and potato for sale," like a singular <laughs> potato, like shit like that. It's like these guys were the pioneers of rock. It's like Great Depression, <laughs> like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, finishing that up. You hear that? It's like the same song. Kale Doc. I mean, that guy was metal 50, 60 years before anyone. <laughs> Hold on a second, fellas. A jumpy bug just hopped up on my knee. Wait to see over me. Whistling? That's pretty metal. I made a dollar ten collecting old cans. Wim Pim Lottie Toddy Whittle TD. Would you look at that? There's a bug on me. Ooh, there's a bug on me. There's a bug on me. That is real music, okay? If you listen to a song like that on the radio today, people couldn't listen to it. They wouldn't accept it because it's too real. It always sounded to me like rattling Cam Hollins was always fighting with his guitar, just trying to rip that truth and that emotion, those guts right out of him, man. I don't know how he did it. It sounds like me playing a ukulele, dude. That's bad. Um, so... Yeah, with that sound in mind, give another quick listen to how Robert Johnson sounded. This is actually Robert Johnson. It's a little better. It's not as bad as yeah. that, but it's it, a little more soul to it. Yeah, and it's also like, yeah, the, I guess the main. If you had like really good acoustics and good recording, and not a literal tin can, um, I'm sure Robert Johnson sounded way better in a live setting. I'm sure. Uh, there's only so oh, much yeah. you can do with that kind of shit, but he is, he was a damn good guitar player. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, once I heard this, I was like, I have to take the side tangent to the to that pioneers of rock bit. Cause that's like, I couldn't get that out of my head. And I said, hello, Satan. I believe it's time to go. On August 16th, 1938, the devil came for Robert Johnson's soul. Johnson was poisoned by a jealous husband and died at just 27 years old. Oh, 27 Club. One of the originals, actually. So, yeah, you got Robert Johnson. uh, Maybe Tommy Johnson was in it. I can't remember. I have to look it up. There's a... Wikipedia's even got the list, but you got Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison of the Doors. Uh, list goes on and on. But yeah, the twenty seventh and, and and I mean shit, Jim Morrison was openly doing blood oaths and called himself the Lizard King. That is yeah. a that's that's not exaggerating. That's literally true. So um, oh yeah, definitely. He's got several songs where he calls himself that. Interviews where he calls himself that. Yeah, I think he actually like he did some like. It was a big, it was a psychedelic. I can't remember if it was acid or mescaline or something. Yeah, he was he doing did that both when he together. Came down, yeah. He was a lizard king. Yes, in the in the woods. Yeah, it was peyote. He met the Indians. He was hey. the lizard king. Huh. Hey, that could actually be, I would believe that to be more of a actual way to make a, like a Faustian deal than going to a crossroads. You just do a whole bunch of like peyote or something. <clears throat> Yeah, um, and you just and sit it, out in the woods. Well, you'll notice and you try the, to make something like that happen. The first musical example was uh, 
Hartini or whatever his name was, the devil came to him in a dream, which is a very psychedelic state as well. Um, yes. Especially if you are good at lucid dreaming. So, yeah, I would... Um, it's kind of like it just depends what allegory you want to use to describe these types of hacks or cheat codes. Uh, you could use a video game analogy, like putting in a cheat code. Um, yeah, definitely. Like how to subvert the yeah. normal way of life, like chaos magic shit. Um, you know, you, you yeah. jerk jerk off on, onto a ham sandwich and uh, crack open an egg, kill a rooster, and you bury it all together under a full moon. Like, that's kind of shit. Like, people do that shit all the time. Does it work? I don't know. That's not I, a real one, is it? That's not, like, a real thing. They definitely... What would usually, that accomplish? They usually involve blood and semen. Uh, I mean, that that goes back to spirit cooking that uh, Maria Bronovich and Hillary were all coming out in the WikiLeaks. Uh, spirit cooking's usually blood and semen. Uh, and there's usually lunar cycles involved or, like, the... Mer- that's what another thing that's weird about this is the people that are really know how to quote unquote know how to do this stuff are very into astrology merch like the aligning of the planets like saturn worship they're all really into saturn uh you know the black cube shit like that um it's i i, I don't know if it works and like i said i don't really want to f- i'm not going to be the guinea pig that finds out so it's all yeah. It's, at this point, it's all speculation and secondhand opinions, and that's all it's going to be, at least on my end. So, yeah, I'm not digging any further into that. Yeah, than <laughs> it, uh, uh, than talking I, about it. It's cool yeah. to talk about. I like but, talking uh, about it, but I'm going to keep my distance. Um, yes, 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 yes. So, uh, uh, Netflix did a documentary uh, about Robert Johnson. I believe it is called Crossroads. Robert Johnson is considered one of the greatest blues artists of all time. It's the template for what became rock and roll. I believe Robert Johnson was extremely talented, extremely gifted, and way off balance. Something's spinning strangely in that man's life. Robert was a novice guitar player, not very good. This man was a nobody. And then he disappears. A year and a half later, he's doing things with the guitar that even his mentors can't do. How could Robert possibly have gotten that good that fast? The man's goal is Robert went to a crossroads, got down on his knees, handed his guitar to the devil. The devil said, once you receive the guitar back, your soul is mine. If you do make a deal with the devil, you're going to have to pay the price. It ended up costing him the bill coming due. He let his arrogance go too far. We all have to choose how much we can sacrifice in order to achieve greatness. So I I watched that. Um, it's about what you'd expect. It's a lot of pretty cool Robert Johnson stories, and a lot of people going like, maybe he sold his soul, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. No way to know. Oh. Which is kind of what we're doing. So uh, yeah, Netflix scooped us on that. Um, <clears throat> but so uh, when it comes to with that, like I said, I did not want to. Um, dig deep into this. I didn't want to read any old Aleister Crowley esoteric books or any like Necronomicon type shit. Nothing inked in blood or 
written on human flesh. So I uh, nothing avoid... that's going to potentially summon a demon into the room. Yeah, or just telling me how to summon a demon because it's like if I know it, then it's just going to be like who knows what could happen. I don't even want to know how to yeah. do it. So that being said, um, I looked mainly on YouTube just to see what people were talking about, and there was two types of videos. They were really creeple, creepy, like Satanists and witches and like chaos magic people talking about how to do it, uh, giving semi-detailed instructions. But even they said, I can't utter the words here. You'll have to look at them in this book. I don't want to speak these words. Shit like that. Um, yeah. They would always have candles and masks. Some of it was gimmicky. Some of it seemed uh, slightly trolly. Some of it seemed like these people were genuine and very unhinged and weird. Um, but those videos usually end up being like 45 minutes, two hours. I don't have time for that. Uh, so I went with the TMZ YouTube version, the equivalent of TMZ. Uh, this is <laughs> how to survive a deal with the devil. What would you give? And notice, notice the <laughs> background music Tribute. they have played. Yeah. So yeah, this, this seemed like a better middle. I do have some clips from some weird people, but after like an hour or two of watching these people, I was like, I don't even know what's a clip from this. Cause it's just blithering nonsense or references to like, names of demons I've never heard of and like how cool they are and fun to talk to. So. What would you give for fame, for money, to be remembered forever? Would you sell your soul? According to music legend, that's exactly what some artists did. They paid the ultimate price in exchange for skills unrivaled. Where did this myth of selling one's soul to the devil begin? And if you wanted to do the same, how exactly would you go about it? Hi, I'm Shelley from Happy Man. Hi. Hi, Shelley. I'm Shelley from Happy Mag, <laughs> and today we're proud to present the one true guide that every fame-hungry musician needs, how to survive a deal with the devil. I did not, I, I will not make you, there's a couple, another clip or two of this, but I will basically, spoiler alert, they give you no information on not only how to make a deal with the devil, they give you zero information on how to survive it. It is uh, like the most clickbaity, buzzfeed type thing I've ever seen. The notion of selling one's soul is entwined in rock and roll history. Hell, Bob Dylan even admitted to it once. Why do you still do it? Why are you still out here? Well, it goes back to the destiny thing. I mean, I made a bargain with it, you know, a long time ago, and I'm holding up my hand. What was your bargain? To get where um, I am now. Okay, so just deconstructing that first part, what do you think Dylan meant by that? I made a bargain okay. to get where I am now. That's the classic 60 Minutes interview that all the Christians point to and go like, oh, he's old as hell. Well, I mean, he could have. He could be talking about, you know, literal devil, literal demon. Well, he didn't uh, use the word devil or demon. Um, he said, I made a bargain. I'm keeping up mind of the deal. I mean, it could have been a, literally a bargain with a rich or powerful person to help him get where he is or with himself, you know? Okay, kind well, of an yeah. affirmation thing. I yeah, it's that, that's the thing about this. Is like sometimes artists are very upfront and literally say, "I sold my soul to Satan." Um, like Eminem and a lot of other people have said that when they're super upfront about it, I tend to view that as like a publicity stunt um, or like you know just to just some shit to like you know like a troll, um, an attention-seeking statement. Yes. Like um, something like just to bring some spotlight onto him. Right. But now how Bob Dylan says it, 
that gives me more pause than someone flat out saying it. Yeah, he seems a little more serious about it. Yeah, and listen to what he follows it up with. To get where um, I am now. Should, should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? On <laughs> this earth and in, uh, and then in a world we can't see. So he made a deal with the chief commander of this earth and the world we can't see. That's a, that is a very unique way to put that. I've never heard anybody else say chief commander. Yeah, and what got me was the chief commander of this world and the world we can't see. So it's like, yeah, what does that mean? I mean, maybe you I can say know. it's like a shadow music organization that pulls the strings and that's the world we can't see is like behind the scenes of the music industry. I'm not buying that. Mm-hmm. That sounded a lot. I don't know. It's very cryptic. Um. And I mean, it's like shit, like Bob Dylan's song, you got to serve somebody. It may be the devil and it may be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Bob, the Bob, that Bob Dylan one of all of them is more compelling to me than all the like Jay-Z, Eminem, Nicki Minaj bullshit where it's like, I sold my soul to Satan. Yeah, it's a little too upfront. It's it just very on the like nose. Yeah. Like, like I did... It's more like, to me, it seems like a statement they get out there and they're like, look at me, I was willing to sell my soul to the devil to get where I am. Like Juice World. And, like, and then he died a year later. He was like, fixing yeah. to sell my soul. He's like, they can Instagram pictures in the middle of a pentagram and shit with candles. Yeah, How'd I saw that work out, Juice World. was just dumb. Like, yeah. looking at that, I was like, if this is how you sell your soul to Satan, uh, this is dumb. <laughs> Satan came up with a dumb ritual. Well, hey, if it's an easy ritual, then you get more souls, right? It makes a hard, tricky, complicated ritual. Then when he's like, "What is he? He's only going to get like Steve Jobs or something." Well, if it's too easy, then I don't know why Steve Jobs was my first example of a smart person. Yeah. (laughs) So you got to have a you have a fine line of being easy enough that anybody can do it, but not so easy that everybody's a rock star and a millionaire because then nobody would want to be one. Exactly. Um. So yeah, the anyway the Bob Dylan one. That one was weird. I kind of want yeah, to I'll, I'll just any, hear that one more time. Any person out of all these people that have actually sold their soul to the devil or had an interaction with a demonic being, it's Bob Dylan. Uh, or the ones that died when they were 27. <laughs> or the ones that died. Yeah, that could be it. To get where um, I am now. Should, should I ask who you made the bargain with? <laughs> with, 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 you know, with the chief, uh, chief commander. On this earth? <laughs> and this earth, and then, uh, and then in a world we can't see. That's another interesting thing, is the, the interviewer immediately says, after he says chief commander, the interview goes, of this earth? Yeah, I mean, like at that time, I'm sure the rumors had already circulated that he sold his soul to the devil, so. That's possible, yeah, you're right. That's obviously where the reporter wanted this to go. Yeah, I guess he He's taught like, him how to write songs, but not how to sing, man. I know. I never understood that. Why he sings the way he does. It goes back to the old yeah, like, uh, Pioneers of Rock theory. Where's your June bug like, on my knee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a bluegrassy thing almost. <laughs> he tries to bring it to, I, I didn't I've never gotten that. I've he's never, still better like, than like, like he's still better than Neil Young and especially better than uh shit, what's that guy's name? Uh the dude for uh, 
the guy that's like trying to keep James Cameron from raising the bar in that South Park episode? Uh, is that Bono? No, no, uh, Randy. Oh God, that's gonna bug me now. The dude that has like Randy tons. Newman. Randy Newman. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bob Dylan is still better than Randy Newman for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's like all those guys. I guess they sold their mouth to the devil and they had to sing out of their nose. Uh, okay, so here uh, finally is that same lady. What was her name? Kelly or some bullshit? Uh, uh, Shelly. Shelly. Kelly. Karen. We'll call her Karen. Um, Karen. Carrot. Twenty-four. Karen Carrot. Gold. Okay, so yeah, uh, this is how to survive a deal with the devil. And tell me what you learned from this. It hardly stops at Dylan, though. There's Robert Johnson, Jimmy Page, Ozzy Osbourne, Niccolo Paganini, even Eminem and Kanye West are among the many accused. If you want to make... Okay, by the way, Kanye broke free. That's why he's got the MAGA hat now. Because he's on the Jesus train. If you want to make the... Un right, is that how it works? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Like, I mean, what you say? <laughs> but I mean, like, if you sold your soul, like, can you get it back? You know, I wouldn't think you could it get it back. You sold it. Yeah, well, there's always a loophole, um, I guess. But yeah, apparently Kanye openly has talked about in interviews, and you know he's bipolar, so once again, grain of salt. But he's honestly talked about how his handlers, he's tweeted about his handlers, um, were brainwashing him. He said like he was in mentally enslaved and he broke free. Now this could be metaphors, but considering his the type of music and like weeping and moaning and gnashing of teeth type stuff like in mercy weeping in the morning and gnashing of teeth he has songs about how he's jesus and he's better than jesus and then after he gets out of that now he's just literally singing about jesus and not cussing in his latest album so like could all be a show just like people saying they sold their soul to satan he's just like i'm gonna flip the script i sold you know it's like who knows he's always ahead culturally so yeah maybe there's gonna be a what's it called a revival coming soon and he's just getting yeah, that'd be it. crazy be pretty wild yeah that would be, yeah that'd be nuts if you want to make oh, yeah. the unholy deal yourself you have to look at the whole picture what did dylan do right where did robert johnson go wrong we're here to help anyone who's ready to face damnation for fame and fortune <laughs> thanks i don't <laughs> think they're going to help me with that i can't imagine this yeah. woman helping me by the way damnation. by the way that clip is like the most inf this is literally called how to survive a deal with the devil they do not tell you how to survive it they do not tell you any logistics of how to make that deal and literally they're like well like their their equivalent of what to do right is like well i guess just do what bob dylan did because and ozzy osbourne because they said they sold their soul and they're still alive just don't be don't do what robert johnson and Jimi hendrix did because they're dead it's like that was the equivalent <laughs> it was like that was that was so the like a right way to do the deal with the devil yeah. and a wrong way. It was 10 minutes of that is what it was. And it was basically, mm. we're not going to tell you what to do other than like do what Bob Dylan did, which on its face is a flawed premise because no matter how old you live to be, you're still having your soul owned by the devil. So it's like, yeah, I don't really see how that'd be surviving a deal with the devil. Just be like living longer. <laughs> Yeah, how to get going. the most out of your deal with the devil. Yeah. Anyway. The story of Foss tells of a scholar dissatisfied with his life who seeks magical knowledge from the demon Mephistopheles. Only when you deepen your sources beyond the church or Faustian tales. 
For instance, the Malleus Maleficarum treatise on witchcraft in 1487. You'll find now this was another example of something that I looked up but did not read. Um, see if I can isolate what she says here. Uh, she right. does. She does list a source of exact like she didn't say how to do it, but she she does to her credit give a ancient te uh, text. Church or Faustian tales is beyond the church or Faustian tales. For instance, the Malleus Maleficarum treatise on witchcraft in. The Malleus Maleficarum Treatise on Witchcraft. That sounds very spooky. For instance, the Malleus Maleficarum Treatise on Witchcraft in 1487. You'll find the first evidence of a correct way to trade with Satan and his minions. With the right attitude and a quick look at the lunar calendar, apparently it can be done. With the right attitude and a quick lunar, quick look at the lunar calendar. So yeah, I did Google that. Did not really want to read it, but that is a real document from the early 1400s. Um, it was like a, basically a how-to, like a cook a cookbook for summoning up uh, entities and making deals with them for your soul. Wow! Wow! Yeah, and that's you know how how old is that now? Six hundred and fifty years old. Yeah, at least six hundred. Yeah, so definitely not a new concept. Um, Tenacious D, like I said, did not come up with it first. Definitely not. Now this is a little. This is. Uh, we're not quite to the wrap up party, but we're getting there. Cause like, like I said, there's so like, I could have, I could have had, you know, 150 different celebrity clips of them saying it, but at a certain point, it's like, you get the point. Uh, but I did pick out a couple ones I hadn't seen before until this week when I was doing this. Uh, here's <laughs> Katy Perry's dad, who's a minister. Um, and Katy Perry started out as like a, a, a youth group singer or worship singer. Um, yeah. Or her dad's like doing sermons and shit, saying that she's a devil child and whatnot. Oh yeah. Which, by the way, uh, on a side note, Billy Ray Cyrus said the exact same thing about Miley, that like she's been corrupted by Satanists and shit. Huh. Welcome to Holly Scoop. I'm Stephanie Bauer. Katy Perry's dad, Keith Perry, is known to piggyback on the fame of his daughter to get followers at his church. He likes to get PR as a pastor for being Katy Perry's dad, but then he seems to blast his daughter's pop star lifestyle, saying that everything she's doing is wrong and satanic. The latest is that he's been playing a video during his church sermons that apparently highlights Katy as a devil child, whatever that is. <gasps> whatever that is. What? So yeah, um, but why hear from Katy Perry's dad when you can just hear from Katy Perry? You're doing really well now, but didn't you release a CD like almost 10 years ago? Um, yeah, I mean, I released a gospel record when I was 15 um, because I grew up in uh, you know a household where all I ever did was listen to gospel music, and my parents are both traveling ministers, and so I kind of sang about you know what was going on in my life at 15 and. That's how I got introduced to the music industry. I swear I wanted to be like the Amy Grant of music. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't work out, and so I sold my soul to the devil. So when Katy Perry uh, said that, that could be a metaphor for basically selling out to corporate pop music, which I would take that as, personally, is my most likely guess. Yeah, I mean, she has a Christian background and everything, so... When she says that, she could literally just mean, like, I stopped trying to do things in, like, the Christian music world and just moved into, like, doing whatever I could to become famous. So, like, yeah. so I just ended up becoming secular 
There's other interviews she's where she's talking about things. similar things, though, where she's literally crying. Um, there's like, there's honestly like multiple hour long compilation videos of celebrities talking like this. But here's where I, here's where I really, here's, here's where I like the biggest, like, okay, this definitely not all these people actually mean this. Um, they're like, cause you know, like the, Oh, Illuminati, like proof or like Satan worship, Illuminati musicians, like proof, like those big, long compilation videos. Some yeah. of them give you pause and you're like, okay, that's fucking weird. And then they'll yeah. have like as proof in there. They had, they, I swear to God, they had tenacious D on Jay Leno, and this was like part of their proof. And it was Jack Black and Kyle Gass like saying, like, yeah, Satan selling your soul to Satan in rock and roll's got a long, rich tradition. Like, how else do you think we're here on Jay Leno? Nobody like how, these two guys couldn't get on Jay Leno unless they sold their soul to Satan. <laughs> it's like in the compilation, Priz like proof, tenacious D sold their soul to Satan. <laughs> so like, yeah, but yeah. As as with most topics, both sides are um, silly. Yes, and the truth is likely somewhere in the middle. Uh, but anyway, yeah, like I, I could, I, could uh, I didn't want this to be the celebrities committing their or admitting their um, soul selling episode, so I didn't clip nearly as many as I could. But I do have, uh, you know, Professor Griff from Public no, Enemy. Who's that? Uh, he's a, who's that? He's from Public Enemy. I believe he quit the group. Um, Professor Griff is like an old school rapper. I mean, Public Enemy is about as old school as it gets. Um, yeah. And he is very outspoken uh, going on podcasts, calling into shows, doing interviews about how like Satan and the Illuminati run the rap game. And Jay-Z is like straight up Illuminati. Uh, he's pretty out there, but um, that's probably also why he is... Um, not as famous as the rest of the public enemy guys. Yeah. And that was his initiation. And sure enough, he lost his mom. Jennifer Hudson wanted to be up in that space. Yep, her family got taken out on some ritual killings. Are you mm. following me? So we need to understand this particular thing. You're not going to operate up into the $50, $100 million club and you're not paid the ultimate price now. Not the ultimate price, but make a blood sacrifice. Jay-Z was well aware of all of this. So they paid him off. How did they pay him off? They gave him Rock Aware. They gave him Rockefeller Records, Rock Nation, Jay-Z Inc. Um, what's the bell? Uh, Scion made a deal with him. Then the New Jersey Nets, he owns part of that. Jay Hotels, 4040 Club. I can go on and on, bro. Bro? Mm. And this is yep. happening right before our eyes, man. So they niggerized the music. And as soon as Jay-Z got made, he was made president of Def Jam. Guess who he signed? Two known drug dealers. Young Jeezy and Rick Ross. Who's going to perpetuate and carry on the madness and the negative demonic frequency. Are you following me? The negative demonic frequency, man. Rick Ross. He's not even the real Ricky Ross like Freeway Ricky Ross. He's just Rick Ross. Negative demonic frequencies. Wow, that's really interesting what he's saying there. I do. Uh, like, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, like, like what he said that was most interesting was uh, like pay the ultimate price to get up into the hundred fifty million dollar club. Well, the ultimate price in that case would be your soul, I'm assuming. Um, well, but I mean that takes different forms. It's not just like selling your soul as a generic thing. You got to sell your soul in a certain way. Right. Like, well, we, uh, I mean, we all kind of do that, don't we? Working at a Working for a corporate job, 
that's a little bit of selling your soul. Yeah, um, definitely because you need money. You yeah, but if like, that's what when you're you saying. Big money and power like that. It's like you got to sell it, and it's like a, you got to pay a higher price in order to be able to get to those levels. And so it's like you got to like. Yeah, and I like how basically he, he's like you have to do blood sacrifices. But um, the the Satanism aspect of it aside, I think like one of the things he really does a good job of pointing out, uh, Professor Griff does, is like uh, Mo. I think Mo Facts did. They at least did one episode on this type of thing. Um, kind of like the cocaine episode I did, where it was like talking about how the government was pushing it on the inner cities and uh, yeah, getting make making money off both ends, making money off free slave labor from people that are put in jail and have to work for free essentially and then making money selling the drugs um it's just like a, you're making money three different ways on that on all ends. Yeah. the the thing that mofax has really done a good job of pointing out and people like professor griff is like the it's easy to step on a lot of toes when you talk about this topic but the rap like the transition of rap from when it first started off you know you had like sugar hill gang like Will Smith type shit, and then NWA comes on the scene. Um, like rap was uplifting and positive, kind of like Immortal Technique, and a certain like maybe even Out Outcast was a little more positive message. I wouldn't say Immortal Technique was super uplifting and positive. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. As far as his, um, I could think of better examples than Immortal Technique, I guess. But like he, he was. It was at least more. He had more to say than just you know pussy money weed, which is what yeah, most even like uh, even like Tupac. Tupac, like he had perfect example, and, and that's why they killed him. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so like yeah, two, even Biggie too had a a much more uplifting message. But Tupac's a great example. I don't know why I didn't think of Tupac, but anyway, yeah. So the the um, if you're trying to control a society or a let's say a suit a certain demographic of people make all their idols uh, promote, you know, gang-banging, drug-running, murder, in some cases rape. Even Eminem's bragged about rape in songs. And he, I mean, he's... Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, that, and if there's anybody that has some weird MK Ultra shit going on, it's Eminem. There's so many videos of him just freezing on live TV and, like, not moving a muscle, blinking or anything. But, so, yeah, um, the... Uh, the, uh, the rap industry is something I didn't realize. Like I didn't put the pieces together until the last year or so, especially hearing MoFax talk about it, like how it was like systematically used to make, um, like I, I guess the best way to say it is like make young black men glorify like lifestyles that are going to um, destroy their ultimately, families. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately it was, destroy their futures and destroy their current lives and yeah. make them idolize people that like. Like before, were never idolized in any right. kind of way, and that that doesn't mean that. Uh, I would say <clears throat> most of the rappers aren't not like you know in on the scheme; they benefit from it. But like, I, I it does seem like there's a clear, um, especially when you start like Mo um, and other people have documented it really well. Have you know followed the money trail to who's funding these music labels? Uh, it's there's there's spook government agency money pops up a lot so, mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of well, a that side would make tangent. sense because I mean if you have like the way that our prison system works and everything if you wanted to put more people in prison the easiest way to do it would to get to pe- uh, get to especially younger people and make them glorify breaking the law 
yes. and make that like a lifestyle. And that's why I respect, even though he's like, you know, he's had his whole transformation. I really do like Kanye as crazy, wacky and retarded sometimes as you might be like, he's, a, yeah. he's, he is an example of like an, an artist with an uplifting message despite the media taking him out of context when they're like, oh, Kanye said slavery was a choice, that kind of shit. It's like, if you listen to like his overall message, he's saying we're drugged out, we're getting lied to by the media, we're hypnotized, um, we're glorifying the wrong things. Like, what's he say? Like, why don't we just try loving each other? And it's like, yeah, it's all cliche shit, but like, you don't hear Jay-Z talking about that. You hear Jay-Z saying like, vote for Hillary Clinton. Even Kanye, like, he says he likes Trump. Does he tell you to vote for Trump? No, all Jay-Z and Beyonce do is, you know, promote violence and murder and drugs and tell you to vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, Con- they're Kanye very much ingrained too. in the machine, you know, it's like whatever the whatever is popular at the time, they just say it and do it and then don't actually follow through on any of the good stuff that they say they're going to do. Jay-Z is a billionaire. Billion with a B. Yeah. So I think Professor Griff from Public Enemy may not be right about everything, but he's damn sure right about Jay-Z. Yeah. Uh, yeah you don't get to be a billionaire in most cases, almost every single case, without being not a rapper. pretty bad. It's like you talk, especially a rapper. you talked to a beat so well that it got you a billion dollars. I don't even think Dr. Dre is a billionaire, is he? No, I don't think so. He's got like 600 mil, and he's in. he's like owns beats doesn't he and he's still not as rich as jay-z so what the hell is jay-z doing uh, yeah that's the kind of the thing it's like where is what are they doing in the background that's really making them all this money because it's not like their art they're putting out that's not making them billionaires yeah i mean i like in jay-z's music okay it's not great but it's uh, all right. yeah i mean it's not billion do- i would it's not billion dollars worth i wouldn't even put <laughs> no, him in like definitely. the top 20 rappers yeah, definitely not. I, I don't understand. Like when people like that, where you really don't know how they got so much power and so much fame, you got to assume they're doing something pretty shady in the background. Yeah, and I don't know what his, it is. His record label, Rockefeller, it's spelled different, but I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so. Okay, <laughs> that dude was that dude was crazy. That dude was legit crazy. And David he, Rockefeller like, named it after him. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Rockefeller was crazy. Rockefeller was just wild. I mean, super smart guy, especially when it comes to like business and holding on to his assets. But well, back, like uh, that dude was just wild. Because Kanye was audio engin- audio producer, audio engineer. He was making beats for Jay-Z, and he was trying to get like a rap deal with Jay-Z. And um, on his first album, College Dropout, I still own the vinyl. Two discs, four sides total. The last 12 minutes on the last side is a 12 minute track no rapping barely just a beat and it's Kanye literally talking and bitching and ranting about how like Jay-Z didn't believe in him and nobody believed in him only his mom believed in him blah 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 and at the end he goes but what's my soul worth yo Z can I still get that deal at Rockefeller <laughs> uh, and that really shows I think that statement right there really shows a lot more of what these uh deals with the devil really are it's not it's not like you're actually going up to the devil or even an in, like a supernatural entity it's just you know 
in your heart, you're doing something that goes against yourself. You're going to sacrifice your integrity, your pride, like just you're basically sacrificing yourself for something that you want or something you think right. you want. You think that's the only way you can get it or the best way you can get it. Yeah, that's why the the Faustian deal uh, deal with the devil is so, like been an archetype that has survived so long. Like whether it's a literal thing that you can do or not by doing some weird chant and sacrificing a baby or whatever. Like the yeah, it's it more acts as a metaphor, um, like you just said. Uh, so yeah, but that being said, uh, tell me what you think of this because yeah, we uh, we had Professor Griff's thought on you know. Uh, blood sacrifices and what Jay-Z had to do to get where he got and all that. Yeah. Now, I saw this on YouTube. Um, the orig- like It's like a side-by-side video where they play the original version of this Jay-Z song, and they're like, now we'll play it backwards. You know, like the Led Zeppelin, like Stairway to Heaven backwards is like Satan shit. And oh, like, yeah. there's all these examples of this. Usually when you listen to them, um, it ends up just is not, not convincing or compelling in almost all, every case. Yeah. Um, now, sometimes it is pretty weird, but it's like that Bill Hicks bit where it's like, if all my favorite musicians are going to be in hell, then I'm going to be rocking out in the lake of fire. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you play New Kids on the Block albums backwards, they sound better. So it's like, <laughs> I, 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 I do share a lot of that sentiment with Bill Hicks, but this one, I had to... Um, I heard this. It's a Jay Z song. It's a in, it's an interlude off of uh, the album with Danger Mouse, where uh, Jay Z and Danger Mouse took the Black album by Jay Z and mixed it with the White album by the Beatles, and it's the Gray album. The last oh, yeah. interlude um, on that song, I had heard it. I mean, I've listened. I like this album, the Gray album. I've listened to it all the way through, minimum 10, 15 times. I'd heard this song. And so I heard it, and I heard it like, you know, when I went down the Professor Griff talking about Jay-Z being like a reptilian or whatever, not that far, but, you know, Illuminati ship. I yeah. was like, okay, let me look into Jay-Z a little bit. And this was all over the place on YouTube. And it's like, you know, pastors talking about, look what happens when you play this backwards. Well, I own the Grey album. I've had it ripped to a hard drive for the better part of a decade. So it's like, shit, I've heard this song. I know this track. I'm just going to go put it in Audacity. Um... And just reverse it and hear for myself. And it's pretty blatant. I've heard this. It's like a throwaway track. It doesn't sound that impressive. But I'll play you a little bit of the original track. And then from my hard drive that I've had way before I found out about this. And then I will play the exported version I put in reverse myself. This isn't something I ripped off YouTube. This is the actual track I've had for a long time. I reversed it myself. And it's just like what YouTube showed. So this is the... uh, this is the original version, and you can tell compared to like you know a lot of like ster- like Zeppelin, uh, Black Sabbath. When, you know, people say like, "Oh yeah, like you, they designed it, play it backwards, and it's got satanic messages and shit." This one, when you first hear it, you can tell there's like backwards speaking in it, so it's very obviously deliberate. But still, they designed the they 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 created the song to be played backwards at yes. some point, and it is called Lucifer Nine. Uh, or interlude three, depending on which version of the album you have. Okay. This is the original version. Okay. Play it forward. Yeah, it's playing forward. So 
ahead to the uh, ending of it because when I play the reverse version that's where it's going to start. Okay. Okay, that's how the track ends. As I've stated before, I ripped this straight off the album I've owned for a long time. This is the reverse version. Notice it almost sounds exactly the same when you put it in reverse. Yeah. So that already is pretty blatant, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's the least overt thing I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> murder, murder, Jesus, six, six, six. Sorry, man. Leave niggas on death storm. Now, okay, now did you hear that? Yes. That is backwards, not in the original track. Right in the middle of the song, when you reverse it, he says, leave inwards on death's door. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory, too. Goes right back to what yep. we were talking about, about the rap industry being uh, a... I don't know what the word would be. A Trojan horse, maybe? More like... Um... I mean, from that, like, yes, what we're talking about, like a Trojan horse, it's like uh, the, the intention behind it isn't really even to be art. It's to essentially trick the listeners into believing a certain lifestyle or a certain uh, ideal is true. Yeah. So when it's, it's actually just leaving them to die. And he's. Does that make sense? Yeah. And it's uh, like a analogy would be i mean we're not really qualified to talk about this but yeah an, an analogy would be um you know you have the the plantation owners the rich elite record executives and the people that are above them um and then if if they're like the plantation owners in django unchained the record company executives then um jay-z would be the samuel l jackson character uh oh yeah so yeah it's uh it's Pretty dark. I mean, it it basically just keeps after that repeating like um, "murder, murder, Jesus, six, six, six Says that about three more times. Um, there's a couple like w spoken words in the background that I'd really tried to listen to over and over. Couldn't really understand what it was saying. But I mean, that is the like like you said, the least blatant. <laughs> the least blatant thing. No, I've... The most blatant thing. Or yeah, sorry, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that's the, very, very conspicuous. That is incredibly out in the open. That is just ridiculous. that almost seems like a childish level of uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Attempting to be offensive or dark. It om- you know. Yeah. It om- I mean, it's so blatant that it seems like a troll. Mm-hmm. Just like the heavy metal band. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't trust Jay Z as far as I can throw him, but or any of the record industry people that put pick who our pop stars are going to be. Yeah. But um, yeah, it seems akin to like you know the um, very like late 80s 90s death metal you know like the marilyn manson types where it's like oh yeah i'm ripping pages out of the bible on stage look how edgy i am it's you could say like an edgelord thing yeah where you could say that's what jay-z is doing as dark and uh, offensive as possible yeah it's just it's either way either way you slice it it's creepy um, but I do yeah. just like um, most of these celebrities, like Eminem and a lot of his songs saying he sold his soul to the devil, block can't get it back, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's. I would I would chalk up like ninety percent of it to being like, like you said, edge lords, trolls, uh, just somebody, just a way to get your name out there and like, oh look what this person said, and then you have like a hate mob of Christians against you, and it just like gets you more news coverage. Um, yeah, it gets you more publicity, more attention, and the kind of people that are looking for that anyways. They hear about it. They see the attention you're getting. They're like, oh, this guy's for real. He's out there. He's actually saying this stuff. He made a backwards track, man. Yeah, Jay-Z wears upside-down crosses just like Bill and Melinda Gates do. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, th- so 90% of it, I, w- I could chalk that up and th- excuse that as like, okay, well, these people are just um, – these people are just trolling us. Yeah, or, this is uh, like part of their aesthetic or their uh, their uh, their brand, yeah. if you will, to yeah, do so stuff like this. Ninety percent of it, I'll say that's what it is. That other ten percent, I don't know, man. I have, I don't know. It's a little weird. Definitely, uh, but I mean, it's definitely weird. Yeah, it's but now, like I said, not, like it's a like preface, a satanic thing. Rather than just well, it's, a like satan- it's definitely about, a satanic like, thing, but do they actually believe they're worshiping or following Satan? I would say in most cases, no. Um, definitely, yeah. But uh, I guess, yeah, like I prefaced this at the very beginning, I have no proof one way or the other, not even really an opinion one way or the other, because it is pure speculation. It's not like you can go find like documents and. You know, read through the read through the globalist white papers about uh, you know the Satanism that uh, Katy Perry's into. It's like it's all like you're just it's you're grasping for straws, whether you argue one way or the other. So yeah, you're basically just going off of what these particular people have said and the actions that they've done that could uh, that either go with or against whatever you believe about them. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just you got to look to see like what's the track record of this person. Do they just say this kind of stuff when they make music or their art or whatever? Or does it look like they actually get involved in this? Do they go to, like, I don't even know. Like, do they go to Bohemian Grove? Do they go to a a Church of Satan or something? Or are they just, is this just part of their brand? Yeah, I I would say it's a mix of both. I would say it's probably a a a healthy mixture of all of that. I mean, we know there are... What really bugs me in the music industry and Nicki Minaj, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, um, Jay-Z, their music videos and their stage performances, a good portion of them have upside down crosses and an even bigger portion of them 
have the literal pedophilia symbol, like that like uh, intertwirling triangle that the FBI has listed as like a sex trafficking symbol. Um, hmm. That bothers me more than people saying 666 and stuff in songs. Because it's when you have the pedophilia symbol in your music, and the artist might not even know it. I mean, there's so many people involved in those stage shows. But when you have yeah. the pedophilia symbol hidden in there, that's when I'm like, okay, this is more than just trolling. Like, what is this? Somebody's either got an incredibly dark sense of humor or there's something else going on there. And, I mean, it, it's creepy, too, because most of this stuff is geared towards younger people. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's pretty clear, too, because, like, I mean, I don't really understand the appeal of a lot of this stuff. I'm not an old guy or anything, but... It's very no. clear that there is a crowd of people that this stuff is geared towards, and it is always a very young, usually like high school or younger crowd. Yeah, it's uh, just very strange that they would start slipping in that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like uh, the 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 lesser, the more tame, less nefarious version of this is the, uh, you know, the Jonas Brothers handing out purity rings at their concerts that South Park did a whole episode on. Yeah, like Mickey Mouse is like, huh, we have another purity ring so we can sell sex to little girls. Ha <laughs> ha. But this is like a whole nother level above that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this uh, is like this is like the same tactic used like like the Elsa Gate stuff, like how yeah. it's like you kind of like trick the uh, unsuspecting crowd of people, i.e., the, the children, into those are like uh, those weird like AI generated YouTube videos, right? Yeah, like all those like real like shitty looking cartoon things, mm-hmm. and it's got titles like really weird. Just like the content inside of them is just really weird, like stories and everything. Yeah, I uh, and it's I don't know who's behind those, but if I had to guess, I would say it's the Chinese. Just like they're behind like the child transgenderism, but they'll like imprison. Why, why would you say that? Because they're why like they. That? Oh, the, the dude, the China like Chinese. I don't want to get waste too much time on this, but the Chinese like. Yeah. They play the long game. They are, they, uh, President Xi said he wanted to take over the world. China's goal long term is to take over the world without firing a single shot. Um, yeah. So if they were behind the release of this virus, uh, I mean, shit, they're, they were closed down less than a month. They're at full speed capacity, roaring away. Their economy's booming while everybody else is shut down. Um, yeah. They pretty much control the World Health Organization. They fund all the. Sp- PC shit and institutions that run a bunch of the Hollywood where all the PC shit is like they own like six of the eight movie comp- like studios. Uh, they're heavily invested in our media. So it would only if they're trying to corrupt the youth because China plays the long game. Why not make these weird twisted videos targeted at American children? Huh. Good point. I mean, I have no proof of this and I haven't looked into it, but I just kind of thought of that when you were brought up Elsa Gate. Yeah, no, um, I, I see the correlation you made. But uh, let's not get too far into that because that's a whole. Yeah, it's a whole China. We should do a whole China episode. Okay, so China, uh, China, China. I'm if I can work this. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Failed experiment. I thought I could. I have another audacity window open. I was like, maybe I can record another project and have me going sheesh, bit up, bit up, and see if it comes out as murder, murder, Jesus. But yeah, it. I uh, I can't record two things at once. So never mind on that. We'll just have to uh, let you at home try it for yourself. Yes, you, the viewer or listener, I guess, in this situation. Okay, we got we got five clips left. The last couple are too long, but you stuck here anyway. 
All right, let's so, bang them out. <laughs> so this is uh, now. Now we're getting into the weirder side of YouTube with like the Wiccans and like the crystal girls and like the pierced, tattooed faced. Um, Oh yeah, mask wearing candles and ancient relics. Um, All of, of the could, new age stuff. Beyond new age, like people. Well, here you go. Uh, this YouTube video is called "Should I Make a Pact with a Demon?" And there's a lot of these people talking about this on YouTube. I want to make a pact. Should I make one? Why or why not? Okay, I get this question too about packs and pact making. Personally, on my path. I've not really felt the need to make any packs. I work with specific demons and my work with them is ongoing because I have specific goals. But then once I reach those goals, I change the goals because I want to attain the next set of goals. So to me, it's more of a process of working with them over time. I like this because I get to know them. They get to know me. I work with them. They guide me through things. I get help along the way. And I get little bonuses and little presents along the way too, especially when I really follow their their guidance and am able to attain those goals that they set out for me. <laughs> what in the world? There are a plethora of people on YouTube. It's like a whole subculture of people on YouTube that like have guides on how to make some of them have like make deals with demons and or like entities a lot of them will call them astral beings but what really surprised me was how many people just straight up say yeah of uh, like you should befriend demons and this is how you get in contact with this demon and there's all these different names for demons and this demon is like a more like good for this goal and like they literally call them demons and suggest so <laughs> my first question for any of these people would be do you have a job and if so <laughs> what is your job uh, they probably work at Hot Topic, the Guitar Center, Spencer's, yeah, <laughs> just anywhere at the mall that sells, like, uh, I don't know, shot glasses with marijuana leaves it, on them. Yeah, I came to the conclusion that some of these people are trolling, especially when they have a mask on and they're just over the top. But there are a lot of people who are extremely genuine. And here's what's crazy: this chick in particular, the comments were like, "Oh, thank you so much. You're such an inspiration." blah, 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 hearts, and, like, I've been interacting with this demon, super long Latin name, and uh, he seems really good. Can you tell me about him? And, like, other people are like, yeah, like, I've had a long relationship with this demon, and they're all calling him demons and, like, real happy about it. And it's like, yeah, like, this, I've been able to make some, uh, have this demon conjure, like, in my bedroom, and ever since then he's been in my dreams, and I love it. There's a couple people going, like, what the hell are you guys doing? But overall, it's, like, tons of people just all in on this, and that's what fascinated me the most is, like, just like nonchalantly being like, yeah, they're demons. I mean, maybe that. Oh yeah, got demons following me around. Talk maybe, to them all the Maybe time. that's just my ultra Christian upbringing to like be wary of anything that is openly referred to as a demon. But I, I don't get it. If somebody told me, okay, this is me, and I mean, what? Yeah, ultra Christian upbringing and whatnot. But if someone told me that they were like contacting and being followed around by demons or angels or really anything, aliens. Um, <laughs> Yeah, okay, aliens especially. That that's a whole other thing though. Um I would just be like this person is a few fries short of a happy meal. <laughs> yeah. And they are probably going through some stuff and this is their coping me mechanism. Yeah, or they are a hobbyist. That would I, be my other thing. And this would, is their hobby. Yeah, I'm with me? you. I'm with you. Um I would so, much rather I would be like if um, 
if two if my car breaks down and two different vehicles approach and say, "Hey, you can come crash at my place tonight." One's thinks they're talking to demons. One thinks they're talking to angels. I'm going with the angel car all day. Like I was like, "Hey, what? Like maybe maybe these like you know it's like you're at least you're calling them angels. So you used to yeah, think they're good. Call them a good a being of good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody's like talk, it's openly talking about talking to demons. I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm gonna be skeptical and weary of either one, but if you know, gun to my head, I'm going with angels. Definitely. I mean, if and, uh, and I had aliens. the choice, I would go with neither and probably just, you know, sleep in my car that night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going with aliens over demons as well, because at least That's aliens are like, you know, they, it's just not as there's not as much of a negative connotation. Uh, yeah. And the alien guy's probably pretty chill overall. You know, <laughs> you go to his house, he's probably got yeah. a bunch of stuff pinned up. You know, he's probably got a bunch of We're like a models and crazy t-shirt. theories. To the Stars yeah. Academy. <laughs> Probably just, you know, go to his house, watch some X-Files, hear some crazy stories that he's got, and, you know, go home. Did you know Tom DeLonge is the top ex- government expert on UFOs? Wow. It is totally not a scam. I hang out with that person. I do hang out with that person. What am I talking about? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, the answer, this video, by the way, is about a half hour, if I remember right, but I, um, so, should I make oh, a pact wow. with a demon? Uh, here's the follow-up to that clip. So, what is a pact? A pact basically is like a contract. It's where you and a demon form an agreement where you say, I would like this in this amount of time. And the demon will say, well, in order to get that, you have to do this. So, should you make a pact? Yes. If you feel called to make a pact, you should. A lot of people find the structure of a pact and just having everything laid out is very beneficial to them. So saying, you know, I'd like this, this, and this. They know exactly what they want. It's written out. They've agreed to work with the demon. And then they can start receiving insights and guidance from that demon on that specific pact. Yay. And she calls it a pact, which brings us full circle to the first clip. Oh! (laughs) Looks like I whistling accidentally summoned the Prince of Darkness. Hello. I'm Satan. I like dancing too. Come join in. Well, here we go. Just take a core belief, a fundamental value, or something that you once proclaimed. I went to the wrong part of the song, but you get the idea. They literally are talking about the exact same thing, except the demon people. And I found out this week there is a lot of them on YouTube. And on I'm sure there's even more if you go into weird message boards. Um, mm-hmm. They literally call it a pact. Some of them call it a Faustian pact. And they suggest making a con- inking a contract in your own blood, um, but it's all like super positive and happy, which I am even more suspicious of. I don't like it. I'm not a fan. It was a weird rabbit yeah. hole to go down. I didn't expect to go down this rabbit hole, but uh, I don't know. We we think about that weird chick, and she looks exactly how you'd expect, by the way. Oh yeah, no, I could picture her already, and it's just it, it's a mess, but uh. Yeah, no, all of this stuff, it seems like it's, I've always believed when it comes to this kind of stuff, this stuff is only as real as you believe it is, the person, you know? Like you make your own uh, reality kind of thing. Yes, but this is like you're you're dealing with a supernatural being, and anything that is a supernatural being, I have never, I mean, in a, I have never been able to physically interact 
with a supernatural being, especially one that is offering me gifts and uh, wants to make packs and all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Well, you had that's the thing. Yeah, you have to you have to go in it with the intention of it It goes back to the crossroads thing. Somebody that goes to the crossroads in Mississippi, if the cross let's for the sake of argument, the crossroads, midnight, full moon, do a blood oath, sell your soul that let's say the uh, the blue, the old blues legend is real. And like, you know, yeah, Johnson and Dylan and all those guys did that. Um, it's not going to work if you walk to the crossroads and you don't know about the crossroads. You don't have the intent. It's like seems like the intent. If it works, oh, this is all hypothetical, but it seems like you have to go in with the intention to do that. Um, exactly. If you're if you're astral projecting, if that's real, or in your lucid dream state, like or like you know, I mean, there's tons of not just the Bible, but every you know, dreams are significant in religious and spiritual. Yeah. Uh, so like. Yeah, it's, it seems like no, like you're not just going to just, you know, trip into this accidentally, um, whether it's uh, having your guitar tuned by Satan at the crossroads or like, you know, a peyote ceremony like Jim Morrison or, you know, it's it's you're going in with the intent uh, yeah. to make contact. And that's when the that's when this kind of stuff happens. Yeah, you go into it with the intent to make contact with a specific purpose in mind mm-hmm. and. But to me, I just don't think that anybody really, I just, I don't believe that anybody goes into these, they don't go to crossroads, you don't go, like, you know, you don't do the rituals and everything, and you really see or interact with these beings, necessarily. I feel like you interact with yourself, but you interact with a very vulnerable, subconscious part of yourself, and you essentially hypnotize yourself into believing that these things are for real. And if you believe they're real and you believe it enough, you will get something out of it. Maybe not what you wanted, but you'll get something out of it and you'll be looking for the things to happen because that's what you want. That's what you're expecting to happen. So you're looking for those things to happen. Yeah, it's like uh, the classic example of that is like the number 23, the movie with Jim Carrey. It's like yeah. as soon as it's in his head, he just starts seeing twenty three everywhere, and it drives him insane. It's like, yeah, once you're once you're looking for it, you're gonna see it. Um, yeah, it's like it's like but, if you buy a red car, you suddenly start to notice all the other red cars on the exactly. Road. Yeah, so that yeah, your explanation is definitely the probably the most likely the Occam's razor, but it's really just a philosophical debate and a metaphysical debate of how do you think reality works? Like, is this like the real re- reality? Like. How many dimensions above and below? It's like that's a whole nother. Like it's all speculation. Like I mean, if anybody knows this shit, they're not telling you or me. So oh, definitely. If someone figured out how to make this stuff work, they figured it out. They kept it to themselves, and they tried to discourage anybody else from getting even close to it. Unless, uh, like, unless it's like Cuphead. Go ahead. Unless it's like Cuphead, the Cuphead theory, which is not a not a new theory. Uh, to get out of your deal, because you know, in a Cuphead, this is uh, kind yeah. of ties into like the what the Illuminati would be about, or something like to get at like so the devil doesn't own your soul, or just to get like riches and power from the devil, you have to collect souls. That's what you're doing in Cuphead. You Cuphead and Mugman are literally collecting the souls of all the bosses they kill, so that they'll get out of their contract with the devil because they sold their souls to the devil. Mm-hmm. So on a as above, so below on a broad scale. You know, if if, if Jay Z is like you know reptilian Illuminati, I don't think he is. 
or you know gates or soros or w- any boogeyman you want to put on it like if there is like a devil taking souls um then they would have you know human um traitors to the human race working for them trying to collect as many souls for satan as they can yeah um, he would convince them that would be the actual act of selling your soul because just saying hey yeah i'll go to oh i'm willing to damn myself to hell for this power that doesn't really mean much it's one guy he can probably get you a hundred different ways you know mm-hmm. pretty much anybody but if you use the ability, it's basically like, I'll give you this ability, but you have to do it like you said. you got to go out and collect the souls for me. So I'm giving you the ability to do this, but you have to fulfill your deal like by getting me X amount of souls or uh, right. doing uh, this particular thing for an X amount of time to reach as many people as possible. You know, you so it's like uh, you would just be out there collecting. You, you're working for, say, you sold, it's like you signed a, it's like you signed a, uh, what is that called, a W-2 for Satan. Yeah. It's a it's a pyramid scheme, I guess. Which is Pretty funny much. because so, uh, it's <laughs> a pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> it's Amway, but for Satan. Yeah. Satan loves pyramids. So did Aleister Crowley. Okay, so this is the last little section of clips. And these, fair warning, these are long. But I was so genuinely baffled by this guy um, that I just... I didn't know when to stop clipping it. I didn't. I got like half of his eight-minute video in here, maybe something like that. But this is just out. This is ridiculous. So this this dude makes this video. It's been up on YouTube for like, if I remember, like seven eight years. It's called like breaking the Faustian pact um, or Faustian bargain, like uh, freeing yourself from the Faustian bargain, something to that effect. And yeah. uh, at first, I'm like, okay, this guy's maybe making sense. But the further you go into it, just see if you could tell me what the hell this guy's talking about. I keep going over my time limit trying to get all this information out. So if I sound rushed, um, it's because it's vital and I don't want to do a part two. And if I sound pissed off, (laughs) it's because I am. I'm doing this video in response to a lot of the questions that we've received regarding astral projection and the dark entities that many of you encounter there. They threaten you, they scare you, they attack you, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever <they do. laughs> it, 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 that was kind of a setup I guess that's not really that didn't give you much to go on so I'll keep going alright whatever here's the reason there is a dark magnetic manifesting force that exists in this world and part of the path to true wisdom is to understand that it is working with this entity that you either set yourself free from it forever or you enslave yourself to it there's the right hand path and there's the left hand path and the rider weight tarot deck holds all the correct symbolism do not fall into the Aleister Crowley deck it is a deck that is meant to enslave you he was nothing more than a puppet for the entities that he contacted and for the Illuminati if this pisses you off I don't care fuck you <laughs> wow I like his music in the background, too. Yeah, okay. So the, my favorite oh, part about this whole thing is he keeps doing it. The Illuminati. The Illuminati. He doesn't say the Illuminati. He's like, the Illuminati. It's like, that's... I noticed that, that in the last thing, too. The woman, she said process instead of process. Yes. It's like, okay, so you know Brian like, Callan, how Brian Callan talks? 
on all the Joe Rogan yeah. Flight Companions. It's that. Yeah. Anytime somebody talks like that, I have the biggest red flag just pop up immediately. Yeah, it's like, why is this person trying to sound like that? Yeah. <laughs> tomato. Like anybody that says uh, tomato, it's like, uh, get out of here. I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a, a dialect thing to try to sound more intelligent than you actually are. It's like if I pronounce this, but overpronounce <laughs> it or possibly mispronounce it, but make it sound Illuminate. More like yeah, Illuminati. Like I have a higher authority. It's actually pronounced Illuminati. It's actually pronounced Mexico. <laughs> Like that you know, kind of thing. It, yeah. It's like a Peggy Hill thing where you Canada. don't really know what you're talking about, but hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. go balls to the walls, dedicating uh, myself to like that kind of stuff. Uh, so just to recap, what the hell this? I don't, I still can't really figure it out. It's like I'm on board with some of this, but I, he loses me pretty quick. So just to recap, so far, um, there is a magnetic evil entity that wants to that has all of us locked in a contract. Um, There's a giant magnet with little horns and a pitchfork out there. It's, go- it's a goat. It's Baphomet. Uh, like Bob Dylan said, the chief commander of this world and the one we can't see. So I'm assuming it's, he's it's talking about like the, uh, you know, the, the uh, yeah, the goat with the fingers that everybody sees on DMT. I'm assuming this is kind of what he's talking about. But here's where, if you think that's bad, it just wait. So yeah, and he said the, the terror decks are somehow like there's a good deck and a Bad deck, the Crowley deck is bad, and if what do you say? If if that pisses you off, I don't care. Fuck you, right? Yeah. So so far so good. Are you are you all fully on board with what this guy has to say? Oh yeah, he's real smart. Let's see what else Professor here has to say. Oh, strap yourself in, buddy. All right. Fuck you. So <laughs> let me explain. Uh, I'm so glad I started this next clip right there too. Fuck you. <laughs> so. Let me explain what I mean by this. This entity, I cannot speak its name, but it is not the Christian devil, although it is based, although the Christian devil is based off this entity. I think he's talking about Baphomet, and I, I honestly, maybe, like I, maybe, maybe I should stop saying it because everybody who's really familiar with these issues, not just this dipshit, v- avoids using that word. But anyway, here we go. Fuck. It's you. like Beetlejuice, maybe. You say it three times and... Fuck you. So, <laughs> let me explain what I mean by this. This entity, I cannot speak its name, but it is not the Christian devil, although it is based, although the Christian devil is based off this entity, and the Christian religion itself is a gigantic hoax, except for the Christ energy, which is the inner sun, which is the light and the truth, and all these things that are in you anyways, and you have to set free for yourself. The second coming is when the rest of you wake up and become Christ. He's not coming back, ever. It's you who must become him. Wake up. So, this entity helps manifest the world. He's the physical ruler of the world in that he can make sure he or she, it doesn't matter what it is, it makes sure that you can receive wealth, women, and all luxuries of the physical senses for a price. It'll enslave you. It'll sounds okay. like Bob. Di- sounds like I, Bob I, Dylan's I got, chief commander. Sounds about right. I got two questions though. Okay, how heavy is this guy? There is no uh, no video, just an audio recording. There's, oh, okay. I was like, because like the picture I'm getting of this guy is just like, like. Just neck beard out <laughs> all the way. Just one hundred percent dedicated to it. He sounds so 
passionate and sure of himself, but it's like the ideology he's espousing is like nothing I've ever heard in my life. It's like a hodgepodge of just insane. It's, I don't know. I didn't know what, I literally just had to clip this because I wanted to hear what the hell you thought about this because I didn't know what to make of this. Um, So far, it's uh, pretty much nonsense. Yeah. No, it's, and it gets, yeah, it gets, just wait, dude. It's, if you, (laughs) luxuries of the physical senses for a price. It'll enslave you. It'll use you and its army of little builders when you're done. However, you can approach it and you can say, you don't own me, but I'm going to use your builders to build a world of freedom. And I know it sounds bizarre and I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it is how this works. It either You either go to it and tell it you are not its slave or it enslaves you through silence because silence is consent if you do not tell it you're it's you are not its slave it'll assume that you are now here's the big ruse <laughs> okay so that's what, what i was okay, yeah okay i this this literally Why makes just enslave you anyways if you tell it no this is the equivalent of you just have to say the magic words of john 316 and you get into heaven this is the equivalent of that it's like oh you just have to like say no to it it's, if it's got that much power, why would saying no mean anything? Because silence is consent. That I mean, I get how sense. on a metaphysical level some of this like kind of makes sense, but the way he's be he's trying to make like high concept like archetypal metaphors. He's trying to like box those into like this is literally what's happening. Yeah, and he's like <laughs> saying like, "Oh my gosh, this dude is just like this is just like logical fallacies all over the place. But okay, okay. Um, after we finish, yeah, well, never mind. Yeah, let me. <laughs> It'll. It gets. It keeps going off the rails. I know this is the last set of clips I have because I just after this I was like I gotta stop down this weird rabbit hole and I just ended on this guy. Assume that you are. Okay. Now here's the big ruse. The Illuminati, through walking the left hand path, has decided that they are going to try to prolong their lives, get as much wealth, as much power as they want and basically rule you as kings, you are slaves. The reptilian agenda also... Oh, the reptilian agenda. We knew it had to come up sometime, man. The lizards are here. I know, dude. Man, I... When people... You know what I say to people when they say that the reptilian agenda is not in full effect? What do you say to people that say that the reptilian agenda is not in full effect? I hop out of my pesticide van, light up a cigarette, and I say... Open up your eyes, man. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Enough of that. Uh, Back to... Oh, no, I closed out the clip. I lost my clip. Fuck you. We rule you as kings. You are slaves. The reptilian agenda, also, these beings are fully aware of this entity, which is not just on this world, but in all the universe, and have chosen to work with it at their inception of their race, which is, I don't know how many eons old. It is what they do, it is what they've chosen, and they are masters of it. And they have come to this world, they have taught the Illuminati, and the Illuminati um, are continuing on with their tradition here, as their human servants they believe that when the reptiles come to power that they will be um, uh, above human and uh, everything uh, else uh, which which is us will be their slaves and their food essentially in 1913 the federal 
uh, the act of the Federal Reserve Bank was signed. This was a gigantic ruse. <laughs> okay. So oh wow, we're tying the Fed into this now. Okay, I'm That's about done I, with this guy. Man. This is all. No, wait. Did I? This is a conspiracy salad, dude. I laughed so hard when he said, "Like, let up with like." He's talking about like a interdimensional being that has us all in bondage that we have to say no to, and like reptiles and the Illuminati. And all of like leads into the federal bank. The Federal Reserve is behind it, the that, whole thing, dude. Wow, this is uh, so. This okay. dude is uh, Funzo nuts times this here. Is, this guy. Yeah, this is like I've never. I have. I mean, I've enjoyed David Ike, and he makes good points. That David Ike is pretty off the rails. This guy. Oh yeah. I have never. He's not is he's not crazier than a lot of people I've seen, but I have. He is definitely. A very unique worldview. I have never. It's just like I don't. Uh, do you okay? Troll or not a troll? Is this dude legit? Because it's see the. There's no video, but it sounds like he means what he's saying. He sounds legit. Like I mean, this dude sounds. I mean, he might be playing in to like a sort of a character he's created for himself. But right. like, uh, I'm pretty sure this guy believes most of what he's saying. Well, no worries because. He actually has, uh, within his eight-minute video, the answer to uh, break the Faustian deal because that's what it's about. It's like it's like an easy one easy step to just get out of it. The act of the right. Federal Reserve Bank was signed. This was a gigantic ruse. It basically said that we will loan you money that we don't have, um, that we're taking power away from your Congress to print your money. We will loan you all the money that you want at interest as long as every single United States citizen is put up as collateral. You are a social security. That's why you have a social security number. And basically, your sweat, toil, and suffering is what pays them back because they gave us fake money. Now we have to give them something real in return. The deeper implication is this. Not only do they believe they own your physical body, they also believe they own your spiritual body. They own ah. you. Completely and fully. <laughs> so that is why when you awake on the astral plane, there. Are okay. Wait. <laughs> Listen to his. Okay, this is I like. I am so confused how this guy arrived at I, this. That's what I really want to know. How this, did he arrive at this conclusion? I don't know, but like the amount, the the. Okay, here's why I had to pull this clip because when I came across this one, I was already deliriously tired. Yeah. Uh, I. I just was flabber. I just was flabbergasted. I really don't know why I pulled this other. Just it, like I just could. I just didn't know what to think about it. But it's like his his answer is his. He has he lays out this insane thing. This he lays out this insane like um like multi dimensional ancient god or ancient deity or uh, ancient demon whatever you want to call it is in charge yeah. of this kind of like the Gnostic view that like there's a mad demon that's in charge of this reality. And we're in like a reality prison or a test simulator for souls or whatever. Like it's kind of like, okay, yeah. a little bit of Gnosticism in there. And like, there's good beings and dark beings on the astral plane trying to scare you from getting too far into the astral plane and figuring out too much. Um, it just sounds like this guy has wacky dreams and bases too much of his reality on it. In my opinion, it seems like it, but I just, <laughs> And then tying the Federal Reserve into it as if, like, metaphysically, if they own our debt, they own our souls. And then his solution is just like, oh, so we don't even got to worry about it. 
Just got to do with Nancy Reagan. Not only do they believe they own your physical body, they also believe they own your spiritual body. They own <laughs> you completely and fully. So that is why wow. when you awake on the astral plane, there are many, many times dark entities there to scare you away from it because the astral <laughs> world is a powerful, liberating experience. And it shows you the gigantic, unlimited potential that you have. That by you taking personal responsibility for you, you can untap unlimited potential for yourself. The Illuminati does not want you to know that because the smaller, weaker, more fearful you are, the easier it is to keep you docile and a slave. So. What this means is they also believe that by trading your soul for theirs, when they die, they don't have to go serve the entity, their dark master, that they have signed the Faustian track or, or contract with. They are trading you for their souls. That's why most Faustian contracts say, well, you have to get eight people to sign their souls over for, for it to be enacted. It's a clause. They say, we'll give you eight for mine. And unless you know this, and unless you say to this entity, and you scream it to the astral world, I am mine and mine alone, then guess what? This entity, through your silence, takes it as consent that you agree to the terms of a contract you never signed. That's why contracts have such power. That's why all entities have always said, do you agree to this? Do you agree to the iTunes terms and conditions? <laughs> the whole time it's I was hearing that, I just kept thinking, right there. Dude, what the fuck's Dude. going on? That's all I could think of. Yeah. So, um, you're going with that dude legitimately believes what he's saying? Because that's where I'm leaning towards. It seems like it. He's thought um, about it enough. Yeah. Just this, uh, the, the, the simplicity of saying all you have to do, like this, this crazy, elaborate, just insane, uh, multi-dimensional scheme going on against you to enslave you and your soul. And all you have to do is like shout at the top of your lungs, I am mine and mine alone. And that fixes it. It's like, oh, thanks. Glad I, that's a, uh, that's good. That's good advice. Yeah, it seems like that information, you know, it's pretty easy to do. Seems like that information, if it was true, would be everywhere. No, because that's the, it's the remedy they don't want you to know. And, and this guy's talking about unlimited potential. This guy sits around and makes YouTube videos where he doesn't even show his face. It's his only video on the channel. I don't know if it's his channel. The only video on the channel was this one. What, what, what's his unlimited potential look like? Well, it's on yeah. the astral plane, man. It doesn't need to be in the earth. He's on the he's grooving out on the astral plane. That's where his potential's at. Oh wow. So uh but here here okay, so I actually didn't realize this until listening back to that starting clip with you, but he has a tell uh right away. Because this if the if if what he's saying is true, and if he believes it is true, it's probably the most important information of all time, wouldn't you say? Considering it Oh yeah. It's kinda like the Alan Watts thing. If Christians really believed what they were preaching they would be screaming in the streets every day trying to save everybody's souls um yeah so yeah this dude this dude is like got the like basically life-saving information about how the illuminate and the elites and the lizard people and some deity that runs the master commander as bob dylan calls him 
all have this uh, thing with the Federal Reserve to enslave our souls. And he starts the video off with this. I keep going over my time limit trying to get all this information out. Okay, so his time limit is apparently eight minutes, and he had to redo it a couple times. Uh, not sure what to make of that. So if I sound rushed, um, it's because it's vital, and I don't want to do a part two. And <laughs> don't want to do, do a part two. two. That's why he's only got one video on his channel, man. Don't want to do a part two. So yeah, uh, not a lot of... Um, Comp like that that is the one sentence right at the beginning that makes me think like he doesn't actually believe what he's saying. He doesn't want to do he's like so important, but he doesn't want to do a part two. Keep <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah, like if it was really that important, he'd probably have enough time to sit down and uh make another eight minute video. <laughs> no kidding. Uh all right, I'm done with that guy. Let's move on from it. him. He, 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 that okay, was, good. That was the last I mean I could have clipped more from it, but that was no. As soon as I watched that whole video and took clips, I was like, "What more do I need?" This guy literally. This is we end on a happy note. This guy tells us one sentence: "You break the Faustian contract that you didn't know you signed, because silence is consent." We're golden. We can uh, brush our hands clear of this, and man, we are good to go. Uh, yeah, demon free since '93. You know. Oh yeah, move forward on that astral plane with no fears. Yep. Uh, up next, though. Reopen that 9-11 investigation. What really happened there? We do need to do a 9-11 episode. 9-11. Uh, well, that was Faust and Furious 8. I guess we could just call it Faust and Furious. Did you learn anything? Did I learn anything? Probably not. No. But, uh, well, I guess there's no, up we didn't learn anything. Um, except, like, I'm not going to be buying any ancient occult books and learning spells. That that reaffirmed my belief that I don't want to do that. Yeah. Now, leave all that stuff to people that, for some reason, feel they have the need to make a deal with the devil. Whoever those people may be. Hillary. Hillary Clinton. I have something to say. Who's there? Listen, you drink 18 <laughs> beers of 4.2 alcohol percentage of whatever kind of beer you want. It doesn't really, it honestly doesn't really fucking matter. That's. <laughs> oh, is that a clip? I'm not spilling beer on nothing. I'm not spilling beer on nothing. I'm not spilling beer on nothing. I have something to say. I like that. I I mean, you you walk in a gas station with 20 bucks specifically for Hurricanes. Like, there's no way you're walking out of there with $20 worth of Hurricane malt liquor and you're not going to get just blackout drunk. There's just no way. Ooh. Well. Now that's a statement I can get behind. <laughs> Well, I hope uh, that those last few clips about alcohol consumption were more educational than the demon spells. Um, we will be back with, uh, what are we doing next? Apocalypse Part 2? Yeah.
Yeah. And uh we'll finish it up. You know? I uh, hope uh I hope if you get pulled over or if you break down on the side of the road and two cars are coming by and one person says, hey, it's just them in the car, but they're like, hey, it's me in this car full of demons. And the other person is just them in the car, but they say, hey, it's me in this car full of angels. You go with the angel guy car, even if you can't see which one's in either car. Unless they do like a classic switcheroo, like in a, like Ocean's 13. Ooh. You got you to gotta look out. You got to see. You know, you got to be paying attention. Does the demon guy, does he act like he's got demons? Or maybe they both got demons. And one of them's just lying. The more you know. God bless. Good day.